Knockback is brought to you by thousands of supporters on Patreon at patreon.com slash Stand. If you want to show your support for Knockback, as well as CLS's PlayStation podcast Sacred Symbols, the eclectic interview series Fireside Chats, and the YouTube gaming series SideQuest, please consider going to Patreon and pledging for a monthly amount that makes the most sense for you. Your Patreon support doesn't only ensure that CLS continues to produce the content you love, like Knockback, but you can get cool perks too, depending on your level of support. You can get early access to each episode of Fireside Chats, Sacred Symbols, and Knockback, totally ad-free. You can vote for show topics and provide feedback to be read on air. You can listen to exclusive podcasts only available to patrons, and much more. Your support is essential if Colin's Last Stand is to continue well into the future, so please consider showing some love. Again, that's patreon.com slash Stand. Thank you for your kindness, generosity, and support. Without you, CLS wouldn't exist. But enough of that. On to the show. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to Knockback. My name is Colin Moriarty. I'm joined, as always, by my brother, the cereal-eating fiend, Dagan Moriarty. How are you, Dagan? We're great. Oh. That's how it goes, right? It, it, well, I used to think when I was a kid that he was saying we're, it's, no, it's grape. <laughs> and you're like, that's a lie. They're not even purple. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, I don't quite understand what? this. I think it was probably, I was probably 16 years old when I figured out that <laughs> Tony the Tiger wasn't saying that. <laughs> So I was like, what, what is he talking about? It's, it, and I don't want you were, have kids. So I don't know. Like, are these characters still on commercials? Yeah. For some, for it's part of the way. Yeah. They, they partially are. It's not to the same degree as we grew up with, you know, and that's going to be a big part of this conversation, I think. Absolutely. Because you know? today's conversation, Dagan, is breakfast cereal. Yes. Which it was an inevitable, I think, topic that we would have covered. We're in wave eight. We're in here in Santa Monica. These are Dagan's chosen topics, with the exception of the ones that we're going to do that you guys voted on on Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, you can support our show, get it a week early, ad free by going to patreon.com slash Collins last stand and throwing us a few bucks. If you can, if you can afford it, we really appreciate it. We can't do the show without your support over there. Those perks also carry over to my other shows, including Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast, Fireside Chat, the eclectic interview series, etc. And you're also able to submit your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas to our show by supporting us on Patreon. It is the only way that you can interact with our show. And today's episode, Breakfast Cereal, received more feedback on Patreon than any other topic that we announced for Wave 8. And so I'm going to structure this entire episode around the submissions from the audience. They have so many questions and comments that it will allow us to answer everything everything that's in our minds anyway. So excited to hear that. Yeah, so, you know... We reveal the topics on Patreon, you know, a few weeks or so before. I actually had a little fun this with this time. I feel like if I announce things too early on Patreon, people are like, all right, I'll get to it. And then they forget. So I've been just narrowing down the timelines more and more and getting more and more submissions as a result. That's a very, very brilliant tactic. I like I, that. I, like, I do like being called brilliant. So I'm going to allow I'm going to allow you to tell I'm me that I'm brilliant. You up. I appreciate that. Well, so because I announced the topics and only gave people like four days to answer. And we got more t- topic submissions in Wave See, than that's ever. a very interesting experiment because mm-hmm. I would have think that could have worked the other way as well. But you're very, you're very savvy when it comes to this kind of stuff, Kyle, my friend. And you know what? Let me ask you. I, I never am, get I a am chance. intelligent and savvy. I, and I savvy. Yeah, and right. I think brilliant. Was brilliant. The, yeah, brilliant. Right. Was, the, was the word. Right. I never get to. I feel bad. I never get to ask you. Well, first of all, I hope all of our listeners, guys and gals are doing well out there. But Kyle, how are you doing today? How are you today? Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm yeah, fine. Well, I never get You know, I'm excited. We're, we're going to date this a little bit because this is obviously going to go up later. Yeah. Sometimes you guys hear episodes that were recorded months ago. The Islanders are about to play after we record this. The game, the second game of the Penguins-Islanders series. The Islanders are up one nothing after a thrilling overtime victory on the island. And we're going to have 
And by we, I mean I. I'm going to have a lot of fun watching, hopefully, hopefully fun, watching the Islanders take Can on I the Pittsburgh Penguins. Can I show you my sports knowledge? Please. Penguins, little team out of Pittsburgh. That's correct. The okay. Pittsburgh Penguins. I know some stuff. Our tribals of your hometown, Philadelphia Flyers. Is that right? Oh, yeah. They Is have that a how lot it of, works? They have a lot of beef. Yeah. Because unlike... Unlike the Steelers and the Eagles, for instance, yeah. they play in different conferences. So they only play each other every four years. Not rivals. But Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and hockey will play each other like six times a year. It's kind of similar to baseball. There's way more, you know, like Red Sox and Yankees play each other literally 20 times a year. Yes. Right. Which I think is a little ridiculous. It's a mess. The baseball season's way too long. But yeah, the, what's so fun about hockey compared to the other sports, basketball is kind of similar, is that like the Mets and the Yankees, we grew up in New York, right? The Mets are technically Long Island's team, but we're we're Yankee fans. We grew up as Yankee fans. That's not uncommon on Long Island. And the thing is, is that we don't really have beef with Mets fans, right? Like we had the Subway Series in 2000, but otherwise, like we had no beef because we didn't until interleague play was even a thing. We yeah. never played the Mets when interleague play for people that don't know interleague play didn't come in until the 90s. Yeah. In the mid 90s, when the NL and AL would actually play each other back in the day, like the only way you would see an NL team and an AL team play was in the World Series, which I thought was fun and I thought that was cool right right so then the Mets and the Yankees started playing and maybe you'd have some beef there but it's the same with the Jets and the Giants they play each other every four years right but the Islanders and the Rangers who only play a few miles from each other as the crow flies play each other like six times a year so there's a real rivalry there of course right? of course and as I've said in the past you know and I don't know I think dad would remember this like I wasn't really allowed our friends the Cotchers used to go to Islanders games all the time and I wasn't really allowed to Islanders Ranger games because they were so fucking wild you know like, I would get to go to, like, see the Islanders play, like, the St. Louis Blues when I was eight years old or something. So I didn't see anyone get punched in the face in the crowd. <gasps> so anyway, fun times. Islanders ho- playoff hockey. We're hopeful. Kyle, can I give you my impression of Yankees fans and Mets fans? Sure. I'm going to piss off some Mets fans okay. out there, including friend of the show, Pat Contry. But you know what? This is my, and you know this, Yankee Mets fans don't like Yankees fans. Yankees fans don't think about Mets fans. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty much how that breaks down. You know, and also shout out to Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. We love you, but very sorry that you're always going to be the second best city in that state. Yeah. You know, it's never going to happen. No, I agree with you. I like Philadelphia a lot. Spent a lot of time in Philadelphia. As you know, you've lived there for a very long time, you know, 20 years. Yeah. But I've been to Pittsburgh. Have you been to Pittsburgh? I have. Yeah. So I like that place, too. And I'll give Pittsburgh a shout out in one specific way. Really good food. Like in my experience there, yeah, really fucking good. Is that food. right? Good Italian, like really good Italian community there with really good Italian food. They have great sandwiches. You know See, that, that I didn't they have know. that traditional sandwich that they pull coleslaw and, and French fries on. You know what I'm talking no, about? It's I like don't. a really famous Italian. That sandwich. already sounds delicious, though. Yeah, they know how to eat in Pittsburgh, dude. I'll tell you right now, that those, is those you steel know, workers and what have you, they know how to eat. I have a very young man's perspective on Pittsburgh because what happened was my friend, a good friend of mine growing up, Jeff from Long Island that I skateboarded with went to BU and then he went to graduate school at Carnegie Mellon. So I would go across, you know, and I was in Philly, obviously. So I would go across, take the bus across six hour drive Man, that's a long, yeah. to go skate Pittsburgh. So we, and we were young and we had no money. So my whole, you know, perspective of Pittsburgh is skateboarding and like fast food. No, I, I get that. You know? It's a kind of an interesting, rugged, blue collar city. I like all the bridges in the city. I think it's really cool. My ex-girlfriend is a forensic psychologist, but when she was doing her internship, she did her internship when she was getting her PhD in Pittsburgh at a okay. hospital there. So I used to go visit her there. That's that's the only reason that oh, I know is anything that about how? it. Okay. Yeah. okay. She actually lived outside of Pittsburgh in the town of Latrobe. Do you know why that town is significant? I do. You? I do the beer. Yep, the yeah, Rolling, Rolling Rock beer Rock. is brewed there, and the Steelers have their camp, and I think their facilities there as oh, well. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's cool. Yeah, really, really weird and interesting 
place. And Uncle Michael lived there for a long. He now he is now moved, but our uncle, my godfather, not Uncle Mike, not Uncle, uncle Mike, Mike, yeah, not the Uncle, uncle Mike Michael. we always talk about. My dad, our dad's brother, our uncle dad's Mike. brother. Yeah, he lived in Pittsburgh for many years. Yes, well. yes, and he's an executive at FedEx, and he, or he is still right. He's not retired, right? I think that's I believe so, and I believe the uh, the film, if I'm not mistaken, the film uh, Castaway was based on his experiences. No, I don't <laughs> think that's true. The figure skate in the back box. Why didn't he just <laughs> open the packages? You know, when he, you know, that's the whole, that I love whole that he didn't open the package. That's so annoying to me. Really? I'm like, I'm like, you have no idea. Like, and he the was skate the consummate, being, you know, like company man. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It took, you know, oh, so such a good movie. Yeah, it is. It is a good movie. Is I've it a topic? Seen, is it enough of a topic? Yeah, I think so. I saw that movie in the theater when I was in high school. I, I really thought, yeah, it's very emotional. The Wilson scene, everyone makes fun of the Wilson oh, scene the now. Wilson and I, scene. It's very sad. Wilson. In, 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 in context, it's incredibly sad. <laughs> How did we get on this? I don't know, Dig. I love is, it. This is knockback. We're going to do a breakfast cereal <laughs> topic. I promise. We're going to get into all your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas. Before we do, we're starting with a new, you know, as as people know, Dagan, yeah. when I listen to the show, and every wave, we try to throw in a few extra segments. Typically, these segments are entirely driven by Dagan, but as I said on the last episode, I don't know how, what order these are going to go up in, but this is the second one we're recording. You know, Dagan is never the recipient or the beneficiary of the segments. And so I figured that he should play and I will set up a segment, right? Because I have fun playing. So I assume Dagan would have fun playing too. Oh, absolutely. And since Dagan made me go in his wheelhouse and draw and embarrass myself, <laughs> I'm going to make him go into my wheelhouse now. History. Oh, uh, don't laugh the at me, The segment is called It's About Time. If you guys aren't familiar with it, we we kind of described it on the last episode. But basically, I'm going to give Dagan 10 items, events, whatever. And I'm going to ask him what year these things happened in. Okay? And then what's fun about this to me, Dagan is that everyone at home can play along. And you guys can let us know how you did on Twitter or on, on Patreon if you want. Yeah. Let us know how you did. I will say that the last time we played, Dagan did extraordinarily well. I was surprised. You know, I'm reading in here, Dagan, you were one year off, two years off. Yeah. You got one. You were five years off. You were one year off. You were two years off. You were seven years off. You were nine years off. You were seven years off and you got one. Not terrible. Not terrible Not at all. Not terrible. And actually, and I give you the one you get the, do the worst on, I give you a repeat, a chance to get it again. You made an even worse answer. So I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm counting your original answer. I on like that one. it. <laughs> Otherwise, you were 60 years off on that on, on one of them. That was the same rule. Going to apply this time. I'll get one reprieve. Yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to let you know All right. which one you get wrong the most wrong and let you guess it again but okay. after we're done. And so the audience get your pens ready. Okay. And we'll play Dagan, what year did Metal Gear Solid 2 come out? Sons of Liberty. Sons of Liberty. Okay, let me think. I'm going to say wait. Uh, um 2002. Okay. What year was the Tet offensive in Vietnam the most oh, the most Deadly, one of the most deadly days of the Vietnam War. Oh, man. 68. What year did Cormac McCarthy's The Road come out? Oh, wow. My favorite book. My favorite piece of fiction. Great book. Oh, me, and Colin and I are both huge fans. of. We'll Cormac. do a topic on this. Cormac McCarthy. Oh, man. We're talking about writing. You know what? I really actually don't know. I'll say it's a great question because I'd love, love, I'd love to know the answer myself. I'm going to I'm going to throw out a wild guess and just say. I don't, you know, I honestly don't even know. I'll just say 95. Okay. I really don't know. Okay. What year did Chips premiere on TV? Oh, okay. Cool. i big fan of Chips. That's going to play, that's going to play, Chips is going to play a role in one of our discussions this, this, this batch. I was a huge fan growing up. Had some toys as well. Uh, I would say it premiered in, it premiered in 77. Okay. 
you, in your Eric Estrada figure. <laughs> what year was Johnny Carson's last Tonight Show? Wow. Okay. Um, I know he went pretty deep. I'll say, oh man, this is a toughie. I'll say 94. 1994. Okay. What year did Queen Elizabeth II become the monarch of the oh, UK? Jesus. I don't even know which one that is. is the that one that's alive now. Currently now? Yeah. Okay. What year did she become mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth? You know, I really don't even know. I'll say 64. Okay. What year did Miss Pac-Man come to arcades? I was just reading about Miss Pac-Man recently, and I remember looking at the dates and be like, oh, wow, was that that late? I'll say 81. Okay. What year did 90210 premiere on mm. Fox? I'm going to say mm, premiere. Let's see. What year did it premiere? I'll say 92. Okay. Now, this next one has a range of dates because we're okay. not certain. Okay. So you can have four right answers. They're all consecutive, though. Oh, okay. Interesting. What huh? year did Pontius Pilate kill Jesus? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh... What year did he kill Jesus? 1963. <laughs> I don't. Um, <laughs> this would awesome. be. This would be. Is it? A, it's a. It's a BC date. It's a BC. No, no. It, it would be an AD. It's AD. I have absolutely no idea about this. I'm completely ignorant when it comes to this. I'll say. How does the A? How do the AD numbers work? So BC is before Christ. Yeah. Right. AD is after, after death. Or after death. Yeah. Right. But there's no year zero. Jesus was presumed to have been born in the year one. Okay. So. He probably wasn't, but that's the idea behind them, the, the dating. So is the year, and he was, I know how old he was when he was killed. So is that, is that the year? Yeah. So it's, was he, was it 35? 80, 35? We'll see. All right. And finally, what year did the lethal, the first lethal weapon movie come to oh, theaters? Oh, great question. Come to theaters. Mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon 1. Lethal Weapon 1. Wow. I'll say Lethal Weapon 2, by the way, one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, they're all great. Yeah, oh, they're great. so yeah. good. I love the Lethal Weapon. Even the new ones, the, the like 4 was great. I'm getting opinion. too old for this shit. Um, I will say for the first one, because yep. I don't know the gap between 1 and 2. I'm, I'm interested to learn this. I would say 84. 84. Okay. I'll say 84. All right. So the one you got most wrong. Yeah. Is it the mm, there are the, two that the, have the same amount of wrongness. All right. So I'll let you guess them both again. Oh, okay. You are off on the road. Oh, okay. That's Do you want to try again? Yeah, I could try that one again. That's the funny thing is, what did I say? 1995. I said 95. Yeah. So, yeah. See, I don't even know if that skews later or earlier, to be honest with you, because I have no idea when he wrote that book. Uh, the road, I'll try again. I'll just say... I'll just say, I'm trying to think of when the movie came out. I'll say 2004. Okay. And then Queen Elizabeth II, you were off as well. You said 1964. Yeah. But you were the same amount off on that. Same amount off. Let me go back. I'll go back 56. Okay. Okay. Very good. All right, so Metal Gear Solid 2, you said 2002. Yeah. It came out in 2001, so okay. you're one off there. Not okay. bad. Not the bad. Ted Offensive, 1968, you got that right. Nice. The Road, you said 1995 and then 2004. Yeah. It came out in 2006. 
Wow. So that's a new one of his newer. But you got much closer with the, with the Regas. Okay. Chips premiered in 1977. You said 1977. Nice. Johnny Carson's last show, you said 1994. It was actually in 1992. Leno was doing the late mm, show by that point. Same year I graduated high school. Wow. Queen Elizabeth II became the monarch of the UK in 1953. You originally said 64 and then 56. So you wow, were getting that better. Old, is yeah. she that long ago? Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. Miss Pac-Man came out in 1982. You said 1981. Okay. Not 90210 premiered in 1990. You said 1992. Did it really? Yeah. Ni- 90210 was on for two years of me being in high school. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. Holy that first shit. season, I think, is a little short, but yeah, it came out in 1990 because I just recently. And I said 92. You said 92, so not okay. bad. Not too bad. Pontius Pilate killed Jesus somewhere between 30 and 33. You said 35, so not not bad. Not bad. That's not bad. No. You know what confuses me about Pontius Pilate? I didn't think airplanes were invented. It's very yet. confusing. <laughs> The Romans were a little more sophisticated than we might have thought. And finally, Lethal Weapon, you said 1984. It actually came out in 1987. Wow, that late. So you that was the one all told that you were most off on. Dagan, you're playing the game very well. All right. I'm not doing too bad. No, not at I'm all. not doing too bad. So you guys tally up your scores at home. Score yourself however you want. I don't care. And if you're smarter than me, I don't want to hear it. Let Dagan know if you're smarter than me. <laughs> Please. So, Dagan, today's episode is all about breakfast cereal. And, and again, just to run it by you, do you think that that's an effective way to get through this is to just immediately consult with the audience? Because it's such a broad topic. It's a very broad topic. I mean, for me, what, what I'll tell you is, Kyle, I thought of the breakfast cereal topic. You know, it was, it was on my list, you know, as you always tease me about. It's a very vast list. But Dagan is James Joyson over there. <laughs> something that's not, you know, I mean, can we think of a more nostalgic topic for people that grew up? You know, for a lot of our listeners in the 70s, 80s, and even into the 90s, but even going back to the 50s and 60s, the cereal topic for me is so nostalgic for a few things. A, I love breakfast cereal. I mean, flat out, it's one of my favorite foods to this day, but especially being a kid. And it was such a big part of our childhoods also because it directly links for me and for many of us, I'm sure, cereal directly links to not only how delicious it is. But it also harkens back to a time where sugary foods were a lot more prominent. So it's nostalgic in that regard. But also, it directly ties to cartoons for me. Not only because of Saturday morning, eating bowls and bowls of cereal during Saturday morning cartoons, but also because of the advertising associated with cereals and all the cartoon mascots. So for me, that was like the trifecta. It's like, I, we have to talk about this in, in all of those regards. Right, right. So I think... I love the fact that people wrote in so much about this topic, and I think that's a great way to tackle the show. And if there's anything at the end that we have to say, then we'll we'll put the cherry on top later, you know? Yeah, no, I think so, because what I love about this topic is I love cereal, too, but I just don't really eat it as an adult. Oh, it's, I was going to ask you this. Yeah, like, I just don't eat it. I go through, like, little... I've had probably a half dozen adult bursts in my life where I'm like, I got to have a bowl of cereal. Like, I'll go buy, like, milk and whatever cereal. You get the craving. Yeah, like, I'll go buy, like, Lucky Charms or something, and, like, that'll last literally a day. What's funny about cereal, you brought it up, was the sugary nature of it. But what's funny about it, Dagan, is that I can't, with the exception of maybe like granola and stuff like that, which I really like too, I can't think of any healthy cereal, no matter how you spin it, because it's all like carbs and at the very least, and then probably sugar and all this processed shit. So like, what's interesting about it is that I think even the quote unquote healthy cereal is really not very good for you. Absolutely. Through any lens. So totally agree with you. So I am interested in talking to you and we'll get to to this because this is one of the things that I wrote in my notes that I want to ask you about is having kids. I don't know if they're into cereal or not, but at least you have this idea of 
what it's like to be a kid if they're still eating this stuff, if this, these commercials are still playing constantly. I mean, that's all that was playing when I was a kid and when you were a kid probably Absolutely. during Saturday morning, which is constant breakfast cereal Absolutely. and toys, uh, commercials, and that's it. But let's go through the questions. Remember, sure. again, on patreon.com slash Collins last stand, we let you know the topics. You can let us know your thoughts. Mark Elfering let us know one of his thoughts. He said, did your parents ever buy annoying off-brand cereal? My grandparents always had brand name Frosted Flakes, Rice Krispies, and Lucky Charms. At home, we had Kroger off-brands, which had dumbass names and tasted like cardboard. Dagan, do you remember anything about the store brand stuff? Because I will say, and I've mentioned this in passing on a different episode for some reason, I had a real hard-on for finest <laughs> brand Lucky Charms. Finest was this was this now defunct Long Island based supermarket. They have this, you know, brand name stuff. And they had this cereal called Magic Stars. That was like a bootleg Lucky Charms. That's straight up way better than Lucky Charms. Oh, and they tasted better to you. In my opinion. Yeah. And I still see them sometimes, you know, like when you see the bags of cereal, like the kind of no frills shit. Yeah. That, you know, I guess are aimed towards people that either don't give a shit about the or are on a limited budget or whatever. I see those sometimes and I'm like, man, that looks way better to me than the Lucky Charms. I I think the Magic Stars were so tasty. You know, what's funny. I mean, there's so much. I love this. This is Mark, right? Mark Elfring. This is so this is such a great this is something I even have written down. I'm so glad this was brought up because now I grew up and a lot of the older listeners are our older listeners. Kyle will remember this. I grew up in an era, especially in the 70s and into the early 80s, where there were no frills was very much. First of all, it was a very big thing in supermarkets. Yeah, Pathmark, especially. Pathmark, I would say King Cullen growing up on Long Island and ShopRite. Right, with the white boxes. and yeah. White boxes. Now, my theory behind no frills then was that, that it was public shaming. It was like if that was in your cart, it was a lot cheaper than the brand you know, it's not only breakfast cereal, it was tomato sauce and I think literally anything, everything, anything that you could think of. Yeah. There was a no frills option, but the packaging and the labeling was the stark white, I think, with one red and one blue stripe. So if you had it in your cart, it was very obvious. And my theory behind it was I was always embarrassed as a kid right. to have that in the cart. But I also grew up when mom and dad were very young. You have to remember, our parents were 22 when I was born. So they were very young. They had, didn't have a lot of money. And so no frills was a big part of me growing up and going food shopping with mom. And I do remember of, you know, being embarrassed to have those products in the cart. But my theory behind that was that it was public shaming. Like you think that they were doing it. I think it was like the fact of like, yeah, you could take this, but people are going to see it in your cart and be looking at you type of thing. And maybe that spoke to my insecurities being, you know, of being a kid. It's so funny, right? That's so funny because now I don't I like couldn't even care less. No, of anyone thought. It's no. so it's so funny to me. It's it, it is true. Like it, it's some sort of weird status thing, I guess. When you're a kid. Yeah, that's really on your radar. And I think that speaks to growing up. In the suburbs, especially on Long Island, I'm not putting down Long Island. You guys know how much we love Long Island, but very, you know, very materialistic. I think there's a very, you know, and I think in general, not just Long Island, I think in general, when you're a kid, you just inherently feel those things. You know what I mean? So it's like how much, how many toys does the next kid have? How many video games does the next kid have? That was just part of growing up for us. But I do remember no frills being a really big thing and not wanting it. And, you know, just being a kid and wanting that colorful packaging with the mascot, which the No Frills brands didn't have. But mom and dad certainly bought that kind of stuff. It was a treat for us to get like a name brand box of cereal growing up, you know. And also mom and dad had, you know, we'll talk about a little bit. They also had a thing about 
sugary cereals. But again, sort of that weird mom and not just our mom and dad, but sort of that weird general mom and dad logic of just like being really adamant against certain things like mom and dad, you know, specifically mom, because she did the food shopping when we were young would not let us buy Kaboom cereal. She was dead set against Kaboom cereal. But we would get Fruity Pebbles and Tricks and everything else. Like, for, But for some reason, Kaboom was crap, and we couldn't get that cereal. Jeremy Cochran wrote in. Okay. He said, have either of you ever heard of a tr- or tried a cereal called Kaboom? <laughs> it was an off-brand Lucky Charms-esque knockoff that I found one day in our local supermarket, and boy, was it tremendous. Lucky Charms will always be the king, but this one gave it a run for its money. So... And yes, what are some of your, you know, he has some of your experiences. I just thought that was funny because he specifically brought up. He brought that. up Kaboom. Do you remember Kaboom? I don't Kyle? remember it. Is it still around? No. You know what? Ni- Kaboom's from 1969. It was a General Mills cereal. So it wasn't an off-brand cereal, even though it sort of did. Like, I agree. It's Jeremy, right? I sort of agree with Jeremy. It sort of had this kind of no-frills knockoff thing about it for some reason. And again, mom, for some reason, was so adamant against two things growing up. High C, juice. And kaboom. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, high C was a treat even when I was a kid because the Ecto Cooler high C yes. that came out was so good. You know, they re-released that yeah, like yeah, a I couple saw, years ago. I remember they came in cylindrical containers where yeah. you had a pop, use the like the old metal thing to pop the holes yeah, in them. Yeah, they were in cans. Yeah, giant and it was cans. so, dude, I was in love with the high C, like the <laughs> Ecto Cooler high C. And you're right, because even when I was a kid before mom and dad got divorced, I remember like I wasn't allowed to have, that was like a thing that you had at like a birthday party that was it yeah exactly right like right. i wasn't allowed to yep. have the juice boxes of them i was I, like but i was ha- i had like some other random juice right. box that had identical nutritional content just as much sugar yeah it's a- but you gotta have those mom and dad rules right but again kaboom was a general mill cereal and it was i think it came out in 1969 now kyle you were asking it was discontinued in 2010 i believe oh interesting but I don't remember it for some reason. Yeah. The, and, you know, At there all. was different iterations of the packaging, always with the clown character. But they sort you know, the clown character sort of evolved. You know, the visual representation. That might have put me off a little bit if there was a clown. The clown was. It's weird. The clown is clowns another weird, thing. Dude. It's just like a, it's just like an old timey kid thing that kids at some point stopped caring about. Again, kind of died with the circus. Right. Right. Or maybe even before. And the circus animals in the circus. <laughs> we still have the Joker, though. We do. We do. Now. There is an interesting kind of aspect to this as well, because I just want to reiterate, like the the view of your socioeconomic status as a child, not really even understanding what that is, is so is nonetheless so pronounced. And I totally understand what you're saying about the no frills thing. Yeah. And it is so weird how that adapts, Dagan. Like, I just do not care about anything like that. You don't like I am. I am a pretty well-off guy and i look like i'm homeless and i go to <laughs> the supermarket and in flip-flops and like rat a ratty wrinkled shirt i don't give yeah. a fuck what anyone thinks you're not a they materialistic can, no guy not at all, at all. I, I think you can i think anyone that knows me knows that, that i literally do not care you're i don't not spend showed. money on anything right and i don't like i was joking the other day because we had a sponsorship on sacred symbols for this like clothing company and so they allowed me to use it and i like bought clothes online and i'm like that's the first time i bought clothes since i lived in los angeles wow i bought one pair of sneakers since i lived here wow but that's it so the point is is that you know if you're a younger listener and you feel that way understand that you're probably going to be pretty embarrassed that you felt that way and that you're probably not going to feel that way as an adult and if you do feel that way as an adult there might be something wrong with you right because it doesn't matter how much money you necessarily have or what the products are you're buying in a store. Right. So keep that stuff in mind. Absolutely. It is so funny how we project that stuff on our parents. 
a great deal. And as we've reiterated on the show, and at least I have many times in my life, it's just so funny how right mom and dad were about many things. We make fun of all the things they were wrong about, and we'll certainly make fun of dad, especially on this episode, because I have a lot to say about dad on this episode. (laughs) Dad, get ready. But there is something to the whole, like, why did I project that on them? You know, like, why did I bust dad's ball? Why did I make dad buy me this? Yeah. Does it really matter? You know, did you feel that as did you have those feelings, Kyle, as a kid inherently of like, you know, competing with the Joneses? I don't know about type of thing competing with the next kid for toys and stuff. And maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Well, in some regard. Right. Like I would try something at a friend's house. You'd want to have it at our house. Like we just had a different way about us. To be fair, at least in my childhood, I can't speak to your like when you were younger, but I remember there being things in the house like there was always food I wanted to eat. So I was like, never. We always had. Here's the things we always had. You, you might be able to relate to this. Okay. We always had copious, copious yeah. amounts of frozen bagels. Yes. Right? Yep. You could have a, a, a lenders bagels lenders for the rest bagels. of your life. Lenders. Straight. Now, this is a very on Long Island thing because we have great real bagels on Long Island, the best bagels in the world, arguably. Good point. But they're not necessarily available to you at all times. If your dad's working, your mom's working, you got to go by 11 o'clock in the morning to get the bagel. So yeah. this was a good way to just eat bagels. So we always had lenders bagels and copious amounts of butter. Oh, yes. Right. We always had plenty of butter. We always had orange juice in yeah. my experience. Yes. Right. Yeah. And we yep. so like we always had Entenmann's crumb cake on the top of the fridge with a knife in the box already. <laughs> the butter knife was always in the box. Right. The butter knife stayed in the box. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is that like we did have like we did get like I think often like Tropicana orange juice. Right. Or, and we got Entenmann's crumb cake. Right. And we had, you know, lenders bagels. So the point I'm trying to make is it wasn't always like store brand. Yeah, at least it maybe no it was frills. a little bit more that way when mom and dad, you know, by the time I was born, mom and dad were doing a lot better than they were doing when you were. Yeah, born. they were in a different position right. by that time. Yeah, much, much different. So very interesting for first foray first strikeout into this. Topic. Well done, you guys. So let me get to the next question here because we have so many of please, them. please. My God, this document is so long. Here we go. Randall Beasley. Hey, Randall. wrote in. This is a fundamental question please. that we have to get around. Did any of you guys drink the milk after you were done? I sure did, and I still do it today. I am kind of a quick eater, so the milk was always cold and never warm. And now there's another side of this. Dustin Goncharoff wrote into us. Okay. Because I want to present both sides of the argument. Okay. He says, hey, Dagan and Colin, I can never bring myself to drink the leftover milk in the bowl after eating cereal. My girlfriend thinks that I am being crazy and wasting the milk. I just cannot bring myself to do it and find it unappetizing. Am I indeed insane? (laughs) Where do you stand on the milk? Well, I'm so glad you guys brought this up because it's it's a really a part of the conversation for me because as you guys know, I think I've talked about this before on the show. I'm sure I have. I don't like milk. I think it's disgusting. Okay. Now, I had the same feelings about milk when I was younger to a lesser degree, but I really never liked drinking milk out of a cup or a glass. It's disgusting to me. I probably wouldn't have bones right now if I didn't eat cereal because it's the only way I'm drinking milk. But then and now. It's the only time I have milk. So it's really important that I still eat copious amounts of cereal because I probably wouldn't have milk in my diet at all. No calcium in my diet if I didn't eat cereal. But I can, of course, because of my distaste for milk, I cannot drink milk out of the bottom of the bowl cereal. I don't care if it's strawberry milk or cookie crisp milk or anything. I still can't drink it. Yeah, it grosses me On out. its own. It grosses me out. No, it's too gross. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm, totally, I'm totally with uh, Dustin here. And then Dagan is too. I, I just... No, no, I, I don't mm. have this aversion to milk that Dagan does. I'm not really a milk drinker. I will tell you, and this is a kind of a weird thing that there was this phase in college when I was working landscaping. I worked landscaping for a long time, but there was this like spring. I think it was like spring of 2005. Okay. 
I used to, there's a store on, there's a store in Boston called Wollaston's. It's like a convenience store. There's only a few of them. One of them was on Northeastern's campus. And I used to go there and get a sandwich made for me every day. And I would drink with it a big thing of milk. Regular milk. Yeah. For some reason, whole milk, like a tall, slender thing of milk and like oh. a thing of potato chips. I have no idea. Oh. Like why? Like with a turkey sandwich. Oh, no. No, I, no fucking idea no, where that no. came from. I'll never forget that. That like lasted several months, that, that phase. It, it just did the food didn't go together. It was weird. It's, it's weird. hot out. It didn't nothing about it made any you sense. You know what's funny about this for me? This is my this is a weird hang up that I have. If you told me you drank the container of milk in the wintertime, it would gross me out a little less. The fact that you're drinking like you're landscaping and you're drinking milk in the warm weather. It's it's that turns my stomach. It was very weird. Now, it's disgusting. I will ask you this. I know you, you don't like milk. but what kind of milk do you buy? Because you have skim milk. You have one percent, two percent whole milk. I'm all about. Whole milk, whole milk. That's the only option. Whole milk me. is it. And you know what? Organic. It's got to be organic. And I, you know what? Organic milk tastes better than regular whole milk. And it also lasts longer. And my father-in-law find, recently, like within the last year, finally looked into that. Because if you buy a container of organic, like let's say you go to Wawa or 7-Eleven, you go to a convenience store, you pick up a half a gallon of whole milk. You have like a week to use that milk. If you buy, now if, a lot of you guys may know this already, if you go into a supermarket and you buy a half gallon of organic milk, you got like a month. And I always wonder, really? why is that, That's why incredible. is that the case? So what is the, what is the answer? I forgot. <laughs> I actually <laughs> forgot. But my father-in-law finally, because I always wondered, and my fa- it's something with the, I don't know if it's the homogenation process or whatever it is, but something with the processing of the milk makes it last longer when it's organic. But I, I totally forgot. I have to look it up again. But there is a reason for it. But isn't that strange? It is strange. You know, it's funny, though, that I'm a real date stickler, as I used to get made fun of when I was a kid with dad. But dad, of course, is the reverse oh my date God. stickler. Dad will, use, dad will use. And thank God for Nancy, who's his like longtime girlfriend now, because she's the only one that he like ever, I think, like a contemporary of his, a peer of his ever called him out. Oh, she holds him to. Yeah, she holds him to that. To the highest standard. Which, which is I, good. Yeah, which is great because I go it. and he like buys me turkey and then he's like, yeah, there's already mayonnaise in there. And the mayonnaise went bad in 2008 or something like that. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and then I feel like it's, I'm the bad guy. Like, you're trying to make me, eat, you know, that because then dad's like, all right, I guess I'll go out to the studio. Because then it's like a whole big thing. And I'm like, dad, you're making me eat like a, it's made of eggs that were hatched in 2007 or something like it's, that. It becomes this thing of like, but I'm your child. Yeah. Why are you trying to injure me? Yeah. You know, but dad's, I hate this. And I wish they would change the labeling because dad will hold his argument on this one thing of it says sell by, not use by, you know? Well, that's the sell by date, not the use by date. Does yeah, anybody like, so out there know the, the use difference? By, so where is the use by date <laughs> My then? God, yeah, the, it's 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 really crazy. But you know, I, I just it's funny how with the milk situation that I always just deferred the whole milk. Like I never really understood skim one percent and two percent milk and my assumption about those milks now today is that they're kind of in decline because it was all about fat content and that's yeah. really irrelevant. Like I don't think any modern you know, dieter or fitness person gives a shit about fat unless it's like super saturated or something. So I'm not sure. Is like, it the same not, idea? No, it's not really the same idea as diet soda, which is also very popular because that's sugar. That's content. sugar, which turns which is yeah, sugar is definitely a culprit. That's a different carbohydrates. Thing. Definitely a culprit. Sure. Fat. Not so much. Right. Like fat. Have, like there are people that eat hot, incredibly high fat diets. And if you just stay, stay away from the carbs and the sugar, you don't gain weight or anything like that. It might not exactly. be great for your cardiovascular system or whatever, but right. So I'm, I wonder what the situation is with that, because you and I have, were just talking about it yesterday, Dagan, when we went out to eat, that 
it's so funny how catastrophically wrong the American government has been about its, you know, nutrition advice. And the skim milk thing, I think, comes from that. Like the whole idea, like they were telling you in the 70s and 80s, like, don't, you know, go eat a loaf of bread. Just don't eat anything. Don't eat any fat. Right. It's exactly. like, what are you fucking nuts? <laughs> and now we know today, like, well, those were just all being processed carbohydrates in the sugar in your body. <laughs> right. Of course. You know, so it's like so weird. It's just so weird. Anyway, it is very strange how it how it evolves. It's uh, it's I find it kind of frustrating in my in my it own is way. frustrating. Yeah. It is. All right. And the next comment that we can explore. OK. Says James Kinslow, the James Kinslow, the third says, my favorite hey, cereals are Fruity Pebbles, Honey Nut Cheerios, Honey Bunches of Oats and Special K with strawberries. When Good I was, choices. When I was younger, I was a fat kid and my aunt let me know it. She wasn't rude or mean about it. She was just honest. Special K was touted as being a good cereal to help you lose weight. And as much as and as such, she started buying it for me since I stayed with her a lot during my middle school years. I've been a fan ever since. And of the cereals I listed above, Special K with strawberries is my favorite. Now, there's no way that Special K is helping anyone lose weight, right? That can't possibly be true anymore. I would think not. I mean, it's just all carbs. Yeah. So it, I, I don't, James, did it help you lose, actually help you? This is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, no one had any idea what they were talking about. These were the same people that were saying, like, don't eat eggs. You right. Know? It's like, what? Right. Because they were so hung up on cholesterol. Cholesterol, right. Which is not really a meaning, like, that meaningful anymore. In fact, there's good cholesterol. Right. I don't know, James. It's a, it's a... It's funny because this topic leads into a lot of topics about nutrition. It really does. Well, it's what I said at the top. Like, I just have a hard time beyond just the... I guess the notion of the granola based cereals or whatever, which again are very good. Like I just, even the so-called healthy cereals can't possibly be good for you. Right. Exactly. Like, like cornflakes or grape nuts. Like they can't, or that can't be good for you. It might be good fiber or something. Fiber bran. Right. So digestion for digestion and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know because there's different iterations too, because there's rice cereal. So it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Will Han wrote into us. He said, hey, Colin and Dagan, hope hey, you are both doing very well. Thank you. Oh, man, that. breakfast cereal. Where do I begin? My top mm. three are honey bunches of oats with almonds. Another honey Great bunches choice. of oats. Great choice. Honey bunches okay. of oats with almonds. So, Dagan, honey bunches of oats with almonds is probably my favorite adult cereal. Okay. I'll okay. say that. We can get into that in a little while. It's good cereal. Honey bunches. Cinnamon Toast Crunch good and choice. Fruit Loops. Those are good choices. Good choices. The thing about Cinnamon Toast Crunch to me is that I don't like eating it in milk because it's too... There's too much shit on it and it yeah. makes them like it just pollutes the milk. And it I feel does. like you're losing if you're a milk drinker. Yeah, then that's probably a really ideal cereal food. But I actually like I actually like cinnamon toast crunch and, and all that just out of a cup or something. Right. Oh, of, you, you just know, eat it dry yeah, out of. A, yeah, that's a good dry cereal. Does make dirty milk. Good cereal. Yeah, It's though. gross. <laughs> My parents would always get the healthy cereal like bran flakes and grape nuts. But every once in a while, they'd get the good stuff. Funny enough, I actually rarely ever ate cereal during breakfast time. I would always eat a bowl in the afternoon and a bowl at night. By the next morning, my parents would be wondering why the box was half empty. That's why you have to get the family size box. This brings up when cereal is most edible. Yeah, because I assume you're not eating cereal anymore in the morning. And no. I didn't I don't eat breakfast. So I, I don't I haven't eaten breakfast in you know regularly in a really long time. So I would, you know, in the times i would have cereal forays i would eat it at night so yeah. i'm curious when you eat cereal when it makes the most sense for you. yeah you know what i like to i mean i buy for the kids and we'll get into you know kid what i buy for the kids well now. what do you buy for the kids i mean let's, let's so just what talk we about buy for, i mean we you know i have you know i'm who i am you guys know me right i'm like the eternal child i would honestly buy the sugary cereals that i grew up with for my kids just so they had the same experience as i had as a kid because i'm so nostalgic about shit 
But my wife is much smarter than I am when it comes to nutrition and wanting to feed the kids properly and stuff like that and give them a little less sugar and stuff like that. So and she's actually pretty adamant about nutrition, Helene. So we sort of compromise by buying certain cereals. Again, not cereals that are good for you, but not not the cereals that are necessarily packed chock full of sugar. So we kind of rely on life. Cereal is a big one in my house. Raisin Bran, the kids really like a lot. Various organic brands, like Cascadian Farms is one that has like, it's it's organic, organic wheat, organic rice, organic sugar, stuff like that. And, you know, I'll sneak in a box, like a treat box, every once in a while. Like I'll get the box. My Helene doesn't like it. But I'll sell it as like, listen, I'll eat most of it and I'll give like a bowl to the kids. And they get very excited. They especially love Fruity Pebbles, which is my favorite cereal of all time. I still love it. So I'll buy, I'll buy a box of Fruity Pebbles and I will literally, when I usually eat it is I commute to New York once a week usually. On that night, I get home really late. I get home like between 10 and 11 at night. And I'll just have a bowl of cereal. Usually I have a bowl of cereal for dinner a bowl or two of cereal, and that's when I'll usually eat my cereal. So I usually eat a couple bowls of cereal every week. Sometimes when I'm home and I'm working late, I usually do work late at night, even on the days I work from home, I'll, I'll have a bowl of cereal for a snack at night. Like before I walk the dog for the last time, I'll have a bowl of cereal at 10 o'clock. So that's what it is when I usually eat uh, breakfast is at nighttime. But as far as feeding the kids, I do try to get, you know, I, I was really hung up when they were a little younger, and we'll get into this sort of spinoff on the topic about why there aren't prizes in cereal boxes anymore. And I was really hung up on that. So every time I would see a prize in a cereal box, I would buy it just so they would have the experience of opening a box of cereal with a toy inside. And the argument for that is that it it, it like encourages bad nutritional habits, I guess. It's the same reason why they were busting McDonald's balls about the Happy Meals and shit. Right. It's like advertising to kids in it's an so underhanded stupid. way. It's, it's just silly, though, because... I hate those. I hate that argument because the kids are not the ones with the fucking income. So ultimately, the parents are the ones that have to buy the Happy Meal or have to buy the cereal. Exactly. Doesn't make any sense. Now, initially, Kyle, the argument for getting rid of the prizes in cereal boxes, there was always that argument about advertising the children. And again, this went hand in hand also with the Reagan era of or even pre even pre Reagan was like the whole thing was like you couldn't advertise in an underhanded way to kids during Saturday morning and stuff like that. There was like there was like actual, you know, policy against that. So an initial argument for that was, you know, you can't really sell to kids in a way where you're appealing to them with cartoons or colorful packaging or prizes in the toy box. So that was the thing. Even when I was younger, they started to do that. But also they sort of sold it, you know, and maybe this was a real thing as a choking hazard. So at a certain point, I believe in the 80s, they moved the prize from actually being inside the cereal to in between the bag and the box. So so the the prize, whether it was stickers or a little toy or tattoos or whatever it was, they actually moved that to in the box. So it wasn't actually in the bag of product. Because you, you know, people my age remember, and you may remember this too, Kyle, literally pouring the cereal into a bowl and here comes the and prize. And the toy comes out, yeah. You know, usually it was in a bag. They didn't just right, stuff right. it in there. But, you know, again, it was a choking hazard thing and then the the prize couldn't be a, could only be a certain size. And I think cereal companies also were kind of happy about it in a way because I think it cost them a lot of money to make some of these things. You know, you would think it was a cost that they incurred yeah, just to be able to have. Well, and licensing, yeah. you know. So it probably worked both ways for the cereal companies. Like they probably sold product through that, but it also is a cost to them 
So there was more pressure to turn a profit. You know, so it's very interesting how the cereal, how cereals and the cereal companies evolved. And also, we should get into a little bit, the cost of cereal was enormous in the 80s and 90s and how government had to step in and lower the prices, have a mandate to lower the price of cereal. I remember when cereal was like six and seven dollars a box. Like, like it was temporary getting, to your time. It was getting ridiculous. You know, and I, I didn't know that. It, I didn't know actually that there was any mandate to try to lower the price. Yeah, of the cereal. government of, uh, apparently at some point, the federal government had to step in and be like, this is too expensive. You can't, you know, and a lot of it probably was the licensing. You know, if you get in and we'll get into this, the 80s, especially in the mid 80s, when there were so many licensed cereal, whether it was Spider-Man or Rainbow Bright or G.I. Joe, you know, Smurfs, all those cereals, that probably came at a big cost to the cereal companies for licensing. So, you know, they jacked the price up of the cereal. You know, now you're begging your mom. It's 1985, let's say. You're begging your mom for a, a, bowl, a box of cereal that costs $6. That's a lot of money. That's and, a lot of yeah, money back, then, back I mean, that's, that's you know. Yeah, that's. Uh, I would balk at that now. Yeah, no, that's a lot of money now. But yeah, that's like 12 bucks or 10 bucks at least it's today insane. or more than five ninety nine for yeah. a box of cereal. Are you kidding me? Just because the Smurfs on it? You know, of course, we wanted it, you know. But it's very interesting how, how uh, it's evolved. You know? I agree. I absolutely agree. Elizabeth Klein Kramer wrote into us and said, hey, guys, I was never allowed to eat sugary cereals as a kid since my mom was trying to keep us healthy. Everyone is always shocked when they hear that I've never had many of the famous cereals like Cocoa Puffs, Lucky Charms, Fruity Pebbles, etc. But kicks were definitely my favorite as a kid. I do remember that as a special treat on vacations only. My mom would let me and my sister and I pick a portable cereal. They came in the square plastic container with a peel off lid. Just add, add milk and enjoy. That was especially exciting as a kid because we never got any of the sugar cereals. So it was a special treat. I love those. You know, Elizabeth, it's funny you brought this up because I remember, the, I, first of all, those bowls still exist now. But what I really remember, and I think these still exist too, are actually the small boxes oh, so that good. I identify. And you might find this funny, Dane. I identify them with diners on Long Island. Yes. Now, the reason that I, I never got breakfast cereal at a diner in my life, but I was always fascinated that at diners, they always had like boxes, little boxes of cereal. Got I'm like, who's coming here and ordering a box Who of gets cereal that at the diner? There's all these great options and you're ordering a box of cereal. But anyway, I remember seeing those and that was like my introduction to the like to those cereals that like little, you know, you see them at 7-Eleven and Wawa and stuff. I'm sure it's too, but that's what I identify them. Long Island diners having them behind the counter. That's so funny. Next to like the soda machine. You, you know? know what's funny, Kyle? I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you always wondered like who the hell is coming in here and not getting a delicious cheeseburger or a plate of eggs or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Is. It's very you never weird. saw anyone buy it. No, but ever. someone must have been. They must have it's been. It's the same thing with the desserts at a diner. Like exactly. Like who is getting these decadent cakes? Beautiful cakes. Cases full. They're always whole. Yeah, no it, one ever gets them. It, it, it's, but someone must be getting them. It's so funny, Kyle. But you know what? Grandma, I wish I understood the economics. I know. It's crazy. Like, how do you, how do you, this, aren't you incurring a huge cost by even having those? Like, they're not selling them. You know, even today when we go to the diner, you know? Yeah, the one in your town that we go to all the time late at night, we were just looking at the cakes the other day when we yeah, were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Everything. I'm like, they look, I don't like, I don't like sweets really, but I was like, they, I wish I did. They always look so good. Oh, yeah. they look so delicious. But so I, go ahead. So I was going to say the little box of cereal, Dana and Allie may remember this too. I always associated them, the mini boxes, with two things. Grandma's house, because grandma and grandpa always had those, because mom and dad were too cheap back then to buy them. So that was always a treat to get the cereal box. And then me and Dana and Allie. I love how we just have to shit. <laughs> <laughs> but Dana and Allie and myself would argue about, because there was probably one or two each of each thing. So it's like, who's going to get? You know, sometimes they would have like the good ones with like corn pops and the sh- 
Apple Jacks and like the good sugary cereals. And sometimes they would have the shittier ones with like Special K and Raisin Bran mm-hmm. or whatever. So the only decent thing in there was the Raisin Bran. So we would all fight over the little <laughs> box of Raisin Bran. And somebody would be, usually Allie, I guess, would be subjected to like the Special K or the Grape Nuts or whatever. <laughs> Sitting there moping over a bowl of Grape Nuts. But uh, it's, you know, I always in- associated with that. And also camping as a, as a little kid, as a Boy Scout, the little bowls. Somebody taught me this trick when I was younger, some scoutmaster or something. Did you ever know about this? You, When you're camping, you have the, you know, you, you obviously don't want to use a lot of plates and forks and knives and things. So you would turn the box sideways and you would do a little incision on the side, cutting through the box and the plastic bag. And then you would pour the milk, flap it over and then pour the milk directly in the box and the, pla- and the, the, the bag inside would hold the milk and you would basically use the box as like a little as a little bowl oh, very ingenious. in effect of cereal. A little camping tactic. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I don't camp. So I don't, <laughs> no one ever taught me that. Have you ever been camping? Yeah. Okay. But, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about it with uh, you and dad. Like, I would like to really go on an excursion. That would be fun. Like a, like a long excursion. Yeah. There are some people that take, and I, I don't know that I would be able to do this maybe in the future, but like there are people that take like literally a year and like just do the whole Appalachian Trail. Oh, like, yeah. Whole, you know, like go all the way into Canada or all the way down to the Gulf. Oh, yeah. And I would I really want to do that. Like, I want to be in the woods for a long period of time. I don't want to have like a phone or any Internet access. I just want to dick around in the woods like so bad. You have no idea like how bad (laughs) I just want to like spend like a good amount of money on like nice equipment. Yeah. Bring some people that I care about. Everyone just take tons of time off and just disappear. Like no one has any idea where you are. You're somewhere. There's no way to contact you. Like maybe we have a maybe we agree to have like a satellite radio that we don't use just in case like we are one of us for an emergency. Yeah, if we get attacked by a bear or something. Right. But otherwise, I love the idea of no one having any idea where I am and no no way to contact me. Wouldn't that be fun? It reminds me of when uh, William McKinley was assassinated. The president he was assassinated. Teddy Roosevelt was his Long Island's Teddy Roosevelt was his was his vice president. And they needed to get in touch with him, but he was so far in the woods that like they like had to send like soldiers or something to go find him. Wow. Because like he was in some cabin. This was in, like 1901 or whatever. So he was like off the like off the grid. Right. Like whatever that meant at the time. And they I had to like go find him. Be like, You're the president. You got to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I know dad would be into this idea. Yeah. Dad. Dad would be thrilled. Dad's waiting for the nuclear bombs to drop. <laughs> like we were t- when we told the story on the about the Gucci fireworks explosion in the early 80s. That must have been. I, I'd like to think that Dad had a spark in his mind where he's like, "Yeah, it's happening. a momentary of thinking of like, all right, this is it. Yeah, it's like, on. Yeah, he's like ready for it. You know, he grabs his <laughs> aluminum foil and his Bowie knife and just runs into the woods. I thought I saw the optimistic spark in his eye, which was a little, uh, little weird. That's uh, God. <laughs> all right, the next up here, Dagan, please. Michael Betts wrote into us. I said, hello to my two favorite podcasting brothers. Thank you. First time writing in after a year of listening, and I have chosen breakfast cereal to do so. It's a good topic, too. Great. Fantastic. I don't want to say. Never mind. I was going to say. Well, I'll say it. I was going to say it was a good, it's a good topic to pop your cherry with. <laughs> oh, gross. My Jesus Christ. <laughs> you ever think about terms like that? Like, pop your cherry or, you know, he, oh, he gets. There's, like, all these sexual terms oh, that yeah. have just kind of lost their sex, sexual connotation. Like. Oh yeah, like I don't get off to that. Like I don't get off on that. Like, you right. always hear people say that term. Yes, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. I know it's it, yeah. Like it sort of became acceptable to say it, but yeah. like it still kind of holds its old resonance. Yeah, so it's the same thing. Like oh yeah, he's popping his cherry. <laughs> 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 Holy moly! I have fond memories of grabbing the most sugary cereal possible and filling a large bowl topped with milk, followed by spinning the box to the back. 
when I stared at the graphics or mazes they had placed for my amusement. Absolutely. Don't ever even get me started on color changing spoons and twirly straws that you could get inside the box now and then. Unfortunately, these things have fallen by the wayside, and my four-year-old son doesn't really get to experience this to the same effect for better or for worse as we pay attention to sugar content in cereals and manufacturers cutting costs so no more toys in their boxes. Thanks for creating something I look forward to every week. I can never see this podcast working without the wonderful personality that is Dagan. Your positivity and insight, believe it or not, has made me think about the way I interact with people on a daily basis. Wow. Keep being amazing. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. That's very nice. Michael, thank you for popping your cherry by. Submitting that question. Oh, hey. <laughs> I wanted to bring this one up from Michael because he brought up the back of the box. This is a kind of relevant part of the cereal culture that I assume is still relevant, but I just remember obsessing over them. Yeah. And really what's so funny about it is like it was never the nutritional content. I didn't even know how to read that thing until I was like older and or like with the significance of it. But, you know, mazes and labyrinths and word search puzzles and yeah. stuff. Yeah. There was like an entertainment value to it, although unfortunately, if you ate the same cereal over and over again, the box wasn't updated enough. They did do a nice job of updating the boxes fairly they did. frequently. They did, which was interesting actually, because that's another expense to like keep. That's kids a engaged. huge expense for a company. But you know? I remember like yeah, just kind of like you know, sometimes even taking a pen and like you know playing the maze, or actually doing, whatever. doing yeah. it. Sometimes there would be activities where you could cut things out, make a little board game or whatever. Right. You know that it's still a thing. You know, that's still a thing. And, you know, I guess it's, you know, that's at less cost of changing your product or putting a toy inside or whatever. But one caveat that I can think of now with it is, you know, it's always, you know, there's a little board game or a little activity, a word search or a maze or whatever. And then both the caveat is continue the adventures on luckycharms.com or whatever. So that's the, you know, that's the the new one now. Right. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, however you feel about it. And the other thing is that, you know, it's it's actually really funny is that, well, I mean, I should say that my son is really, he's at an age where he's still really into that. You know, he's still, that's a really a big bonus for him is like playing the little thing on the back or whatever. But I remember, you know, using the cereal box as a barrier with me and Dana. Like we, so we didn't have to look at each other during breakfast because we'd always be fighting about something. So that, that was the other thing of like using it as a divider. It's terrible. And then again, that was probably me and not Dana. But <laughs> at the Jesus, divider. That's a fire. <laughs> the next two questions are similar, so I'm going to read them both. Okay. Dick Biggerson wrote into us. I don't believe that's your real name. <laughs> What's up, Dick? Even as a young lad, I loved nothing more than a good bowl of Raisin Bran Crunch. Did either of you have a weird taste for cereals that were generally for adults, or in my case, the elderly? And Clark <laughs> Petrie wrote in and said, regarding breakfast cereal, am I weird because I was never much of a fan for sweet cereals? My favorite cereal as a kid and still today is Crispix. And after that, it's a mix between Wheaties, Raisin Bran, or Cheerios. We I never right. had that. While my friends were seeking out Cocoa Pebbles or Fruit Loops, I was genuinely happy with the above. It isn't like I don't have a sweet tooth, but something about sweet cereals and milk was was and remains gross to me. I, mm. I understand that, although I'm the inverse of Clark because I don't have a sweet tooth, really. I don't like candy. No, I don't, you don't. I don't like, as we've talked about infamously on Sacred Symbols, I hate gum. <laughs> That, that's like a big thing. That's a funny thing. The audience, like I went off on this rant on the on an episode once and the audience thought that was funny. That's hilarious. So I don't like candy. I don't like gum. I, I typically don't like chocolate. There are some chocolate like I like like EL fudge. OK, cookies. Yes. I think they're really good for yeah. some reason. Like so like the fudge. I get. But I don't seek that stuff out. I do like Coke, Coca-Cola. That's I, I've true. never done cocaine, but I do like Coca-Cola. <laughs> I've literally never done cocaine, but I do like Coca-Cola. <laughs> you do. Uh, and I've been buying it more in the house, which I don't really like. OK. 
I just think it goes so well. Like, what's better than like Coke and a burger? No, nothing. A Coke and a sandwich from the deli. Oh, it goes so well with those. You things. know, like so that that's my whole thing. So I'm I'm a bit of the opposite, but I'm curious, Dagan. Yeah. If you have like Dick Biggerson and Clark Petrie, if you have any or did have any or do have any taste for the more adult cereals, because Absolutely. I must admit. You know, Elizabeth brought this up earlier with Kix, which I think is kind of a like the is kind of like the evolutionary step between those cereals. Yeah, I think that I I love Honey Bunches with Oats so much. It's a very good cereal. And I think that's an adult cereal. But yeah. you know what the other cereal is that I like? And I don't know if someone brought it up in here and I don't quite remember the name of it, but it was the I think it was called O's. It was like the it was like circular like cereal with like some sort of stuff stuffed in the middle of the circle. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, like I oats do. or something and it was covered in honey or something. Absolutely. I loved I think that's an adult cereal and I, I think they're called O's or something. I'm trying to think. And I loved that cereal too. That was very good. That's a really, really solid cereal. But Honey Bunches of Oats with almonds. With almonds. With almonds. Essential. Okay. The thing about the almonds thing that always bothered me though is that it, it always seemed like they were upcharging you and they were putting in like literally the slivers of two and a half almonds. Yeah, like yeah. Like you yeah. gotta put a few more. I know almonds are very expensive. Very They're incredibly today. hard to make to grow. They require absurd amount of water. Yeah. I think almonds and alf- alpha are considered like the two worst crops to grow in the is United States. Is that right? Yeah, for water content. Wow. Like, it, weren't they saying, like, you need literally a gallon of water per almond? It's something, v- like, sick like that? It's crazy. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think pistachio is a very similar thing. That's why they're so pricey. And I think if you drive through Central Valley in California, I've driven to California many times for different reasons. Yeah. That's where, like, everything you eat in the United States is grown, by the way, if you're an American. Like, everything you could possibly imagine is grown there. And I remember driving through the almonds, almond trees, and I was reading about them, and they apparently have to, like, cut them down after a while and then have to, like grow new ones and then they can't bear any fruit so i think that's another reason why they're so expensive i didn't know that yeah but sugary cereal well some the the first listener there brought up crunchy raisin bran yeah uh, raisin bran crunch yep so good i love it with but relatively new thing i think with bananas which is basically dehydrated slices of bananas like coin medallion shaped delicious and the other ones the other healthy cereals i would give shots to life we already talked about i love life cereal life's very so good good. life is a really nice mixture of not too sweet and that grainy brandy kind of taste right very good cereal and sugary and you know what kyle also shout out dana i believe our sister dana went to school with he was a year younger than me in school we went to school with one of the mikey's you know, the Mikey likes it. Life commercials. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. One of the Mikey's was, um, I forget his name. Mikey. Daniel, it was not Mikey. <laughs> in fact, he was like, a, he went on later on in high school. I remember, again, he was a year younger than me. He was, must have been the class of 93, but he was a, you know, a big football player later on. He was like part of the defensive line, but he was, um, yeah, we went to school with one of the Mikey's. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And Honey Nut Cheerios, I would give a shout out to Frosted oh, Mini Wheats, definitely. right? Golden Grams kind of a kid cereal kind of a hybrid kid adult cereal but i love those i don't even know if golden grams are around anymore actually kicks and berry kicks which i didn't realize tricks came out of you know i didn't oh that's interesting oh yeah. so that's because they are the same sh- well same, same shape they don't make that shape anymore though right then now they're shaped like fruit right but oh, they used to be maybe. circles right they used to be or, or like uh spheres they were like little spheres yeah yeah absolutely. it's funny because elizabeth brought up kicks earlier too and, and i wanted to say real quick that kicks to me I mean, maybe this is strange. Kix has like maybe the most iconic box of any cereal. Okay. You see a Lucky Charms box. We all know the logo with the yellow and the red and fucking weird leprechaun. But it was always <laughs> it was always different. 
Like it was always something busy going on. Kicks always remain like this bright orange box with the blue logo, nothing on the box. Yes. It's very iconic. It is. Even more iconic than Wheaties to me, simply because Wheaties, again, their whole thing is like putting something different on the box. Right. I always felt like when someone says kicks, I'm like, of course, everyone can recognize that box. That weird orange gradient on it and stuff like that. Definitely. That but is I didn't know Tricks came out of Kicks. That's very interesting because Tricks yeah. is a great cereal. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's so good. God, I can't can't. That talk rabbit's about always up to some mischief, but uh, we'll t- we'll get there. Now, Dave, I'm really excited about this next one because this, okay. this is cereal that I really need to talk about with you. Okay. Dave wrote in the man only known as Dave. It could be any Dave. Hi, Dave. Could be Dave from when? No, the Dave from Wendy's is dead. It can't be him. Oh. He, he died a long time ago. That's Maybe it's really, him. Maybe he's back he's from the from, grave. From beyond the grave. He supports us on Patreon from beyond the grave. Dave, thank you. For your question. Dave. He says two words. Count Chocula. Well, maybe uh, six words. Frankenberry. Okay. Booberry. Mm-hmm. Yes, these cereals were real. And yes, they were somehow legal to produce and sell to children. While I only had very limited access to these sugary cereals, it was always a huge treat to indulge in one of these while at a friend's house. Just another part of the experience of staying up too late, playing Final Fantasy 2 on SNES, playing with Ninja Turtles action figures and waking up to a bowl full of sugar as part of a balanced breakfast. Oh, quotes. my God. And I want to talk about that, too. Hopefully you both have a similar story about getting to eat treat cereals while at a friend's house or with relatives, knowing there was no way in heck you'd be allowed to back home. We talked about a little bit about that with grandma, but I want to identify the the cultural status, at least in the United States, of yeah. not Count Chocula. OK, Count Chocula always is, is always available. I love it. But you know where I'm going with this Frankenberry and Booberry and okay. especially Fruit Root, which just disappeared for like decades. Absolutely. Those cereals were all in high school. I was in college. I was in my 20s. Whenever I saw because they're more common now. Yeah. But they were seasonal cereals that were impossible to find. And when I saw Booberry or Frankenberry, I bought like a bunch of it. Those were like some of the times where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm on a cereal kick now. I fucking love which one love the both Frankenberry and Booberry. Oh, you, you're, you're they're somewhat indistinguishable. I think I would probably go with Frankenberry over Booberry. Over Booberry. Personally. OK. I've never had Fruit Brute. They brought it back. They did. Recently. They changed the spelling of it, I think, too. But what I think. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Where I think like they normalize the spelling of fruit or something yeah but that was like the lost cereal in that brand that just never came back for some it was reason. and i've still never had it but man i love those cereals i think those cereals are so oh dude good they're so good and i think count chocula i was always confused why he was the one that was allowed to stay around why was count chocula the one that was allowed to Did stay around frankenberry ever go away i always thought frankenberry and blueberry both went away i don't know if frankenberry did. i think it did so Boob- people can write in but i'm pretty positive that they both disappeared for a while. Well, you know what? This this but line, you know more about cereal than I do. Yeah, well, you know what? Because I'm older. Because I was around so long, and I think the monster cereals came out. Frankenberry and Count Chocula came out in '71, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And I think what had and general this is a General Mills cereal line, and it's so interesting to talk about because it's the only cereal line. It's multiple cereals in the same family, which is so interesting to have it this way. And smart, really, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But Frankenberry and Count Chocula came first. Now, Booberry was always very near and dear to my heart because, and I always wondered why. I always loved Booberry. I always loved the character. I think he's very appealing. But I just recently found out when I was researching for the show that me and Booberry were both born in December 1973. Oh, wow. Look at that. So that's why I feel this. You encapsulate his spirit. I, I really do. I really do. I love Booberry, and I'm old enough, Kyle, to remember later on in the 70s, and I remember this very specifically, have this very specific memory of food shopping with Grandma at A&P out near her house on Nassau County on Long Island. And I remember seeing the other two monster cereals because there was eventually five 
monster cereals at some point in the 70s, into the 70s. And it was Fruity Yummy Mummy and Fruit Brute were the other two cereals in the line that apparently Fruit Brute and Fruity Yummy Mummy never caught on. So General Mills didn't have them on the shelves very long. But I remember seeing those in this on the shelf and be like, what the hell is this? Like, there's more. And, it, you know, the colorful packaging and the awesome cartoon characters. You know, Fruit Brute was the wolf character. He was like a wolf man type character. And then Yummy Mummy was literally like a, a mummy wrapped up in colorful, like, rainbow bandages. And he was a gay pride mummy. He was really, you know, which was very, <laughs> it was ahead very of ahead of his time. time. Very, very ahead of his time. time. Very forward. So time. I remember the monster series very well. They're my favorites too. Booberry was always the one that was like really my favorite favorite. But as far as I know, I don't think there was ever, and I could be wrong, but I don't think Frankenberry and Count Chocula ever stopped. But they even did stop Booberry and the other two, obviously, for a long time before they brought it back. And I think, I don't know if Yummy Mummy ever came back in any large way, but Fruit Brute, they certainly brought back. Yeah, I, I remember because I remember seeing it and being like, oh, like I've only, this is like a mysterious cereal from the 70s that I've yeah. never, never even heard of before. Right. I'm going to, you, you read about this, so I'm going to defer to you, but yeah. I do contest that Frankenberry was always on the market because the only reason I contest it yeah. is because I very distinctly remember the Count Chocula commercials and being so livid because it was always like during Halloween it'd be like yeah and like they would kind of insinuate like now you can get Booberry and Frankenberry for a little while oh. and then it'll be back and then it'll be back you know they like add that into the commercial that'll be a commercial for that in like September and October yeah and they then they would go Halloween. away so I don't people can write into us you re research this so I'll believe you yeah I but I remember know. Frankenberry and Booberry both disappearing they were both gone but i remember them both coming back regularly it wasn't like they were gone forever it was just like right. you had a strike at the right time and it was always halloween that would be interesting because that would mean that count chocula was really more popular at some point that's not really surprising i mean count chocula was definitely i mean i don't remember booberry or frankenberry like i know like frankenstein character and the ghost sure i know the characters but i don't remember them in cartoon form like i remember count chocula like, there was like entire 30 second spots around count chocula yeah you know so clearly i think he was the most popular but i, I thought that cereal sucked I hated Count Chocula. Count Chocula, yeah, I was never a huge fan. I hated it. That never was what was so fan. frustrating about it because I was like, you have this amazing yeah. Booberry and Frankenberry. You should be we should be giving it to everyone. Go to Ethiopia to the starving children and <laughs> go to the Eastern Block and all this shit and just give this stuff away because it's so good, you know? You want to make <laughs> Americans out of everyone, give them Booberry. But Absolutely. You know, with these long time cereals, Dagan, and this can come up with anything. What I'm always fascinated about, yeah. these cereals, these products, actually can be anything, like these things that have been made forever, right? Right. Heinz ketchup is a good example. Yeah. They're just made forever. Yeah. Hellman's mayonnaise. How closely held are these recipes? And how, if at all, do they evolve over time? Okay. Like they have to put everything on the ingredients list, but like booberry, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that formula must be something that's like really essential to them that like no one really knows how to make and they've been able to replicate it take it off the market right then find like the goods on the market to make it again like the various grains and stuff and make the same exact product that tastes the same way it, at scale i'm always just fascinated by that yeah like how do you make it taste the same because you know i'm a big fan of crest pro health toothpaste and like that whole lineup it's all i use okay. i've used it for 15 20 years now that's it. wow really yeah that's all i buy holy cow and i always notice that like different tubes taste different like you, you forget about it after like one or two times. Yeah. But when you go off of the last tube and then go into the next tube, like it tastes different. It's like really? not consistent. Really? Like not completely consistent. And they should have you in a lab doing taste. It's just, it's just an interesting QC. thing. But with, with this, like, I, I don't feel like that's different. Like if I have a bowl of Cheerios, yeah. it's going to taste the same as the bowl of Cheerios I had in the eighties. And sure. it's going to taste the same as the people in the sixties were having. Sure. Sure. That's iconic. Right. 
I always just was interested in that. That's very, you know what, Kyle? It's funny that you brought this up because I wrote down in my notes that, you know, first of all, it occurs to me as you say this, like, I wonder how much it does, to, if, especially if there's a, a significant lapse of time. I wonder how much it probably, I would assume getting it close enough would be, you know, would be acceptable because how many people are going to remember? You know, you don't have the old box and the new box. You're not directly comparing. But also, I, it, tend, it occurs to me that there's probably, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but there's probably five different flavor profiles for cereal. That's true. Right? I mean, tricks taste like fruit. I'm not saying, you know, exactly, but fruits, you know, Fruit Loops taste like tricks, taste like this, taste like that. There's probably five or 10 different flavor profiles that they use for these. Things. No, absolutely. It's just right? like what Spielberg always says. There's like six stories. Right, right exactly. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Taylor Lewis wrote it to us. Hey, Taylor. Said when I was a kid, I enjoyed cereal more than any other food. Captain Crunch, and he said CT Crunch. I don't like that. You have to write out C-A-P-T. And Apple Cinnamon Cheerios was my main, or my main delights. Captain. One day, my dad thought he'd buy Honey Smacks for me to try. I wasn't having it. Honey Smacks, I yes. refuse. I think that's the one with, like, the weird frog character. Dig I refuse to still- Oh, okay. I don't Yeah, I mean, dig, I don't, dig him frog. I'm not really on a first name basis with him, to be honest oh, with you. Oh, my God. I refused and still refuse to try them on principle. I vividly remember he- hearing a box hit the wall and hearing a grumbled fuck as my dad lamented the loss of his two to three dollars. What? Did the heads of House of Moriarty ever try to mix it up? And if so, how were those moves received? Keep it up with the great work, gents. Well, it sounds like your dad got angry that you didn't like the honey smacks. Yeah. He asked about mixing it up. This is when I think dad comes in. Yes, please. Of course. Now, dad is not. Let's. How do I put this? Dad isn't a discerning eater. Let's put it that way, right? Right. Our dad, six foot three, pretty well built, ex fireman, very fit, very you know, works out, eats right, Takes all that care kind of stuff. Of himself, sure. But he's not a stickler for really anything. Like it's so. I have so many food stories with dad, and they're not really insults. It's just funny, like how much of a not of a stickler he is. Like I, I go to the diner with him. And he would eat like a salad and I'd eat my burger and I'd have like a quarter of it left and he would grab just the beef and I'd be like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I need protein. <laughs> you know, shit like that. <laughs> so dad would buy all of these various cereals and then maybe we would eat some of them and maybe he would buy them for himself. And then he would just mix them all together. Still does. In this, this giant Tupperware. Yes. Probably the same Tupperware he's been using for like forever. <laughs> And so it would be it's not like he's putting Lucky Charms and shit in there, but it's like no. it's nothing like sugary necessarily. There's it's stuff that might be glazed with sugar, but it could be like Cheerios and Honey Nut Cheerios and right. Frosted Flakes or yep. something and checks. Know, checks. Exactly. And he would just throw it on his body. And then he would, that would be like our dad would just graze on this thing for days. Yeah. By yeah. the way, it's delicious. I go out of my way to ask him for this when I'm there for breakfast. I'm like, Dad, get out the cereal. For some reason, because he uses those cereals that are quote unquote not for kids, but they're sugary cereals, like the Life and you said mm. the Chex and the fl- different flavored, you know, vanilla Cheerios, whatever it is. He has, and it's just so good. Vanilla Cheerios, that sounds gross. Oh my God, so good, dude. Vanilla Chex, well, highly Vanilla doesn't belong in cereal. Really? No. Oh, I love the vanilla. Mm. I'm not a, it's funny, I'm not a big vanilla taste profile guy. But yeah, vanilla. You know where belo- vanilla belongs? Where? French toast. Oh. But you don't. You just won't do it. No. You just won't do it. What is that? French uh, toast. It's the thing that people <laughs> eat for breakfast. <laughs> Jeshua Anderson wrote into us and said, "Do you guys remember? And what did you think of licensed cereals like oh. Nintendo cereal system? Here we go. Pac-Man, C-3PO's, GI Joe action stars, TMNT cereal, the real Ghostbusters, Mr. T's." And countless others. Dagan. Wow, he's named a lot of the good ones. Yeah, so talk to me a little bit about this because honestly, I remember we had like Mario cereal, I think, or something, and the Zelda cereal, I think that's the Nintendo system. Yeah. And we had 
maybe the G.I. Joe cereal, but I don't really remember a lot of these. And I feel like actually by the time I was cognizant, a lot of this stuff was on the wane. Yes. Because if there was like a G.I. Joe cereal contemporary to me, I would have been all over it. Yeah. Trust me. No, G.I. Joe I don't think cereal, it existed at that time. G.I. Joe cereal came out when you were one. It was G.I. Joe action stars. I was addicted to it. Came out in 85. Was it like marshmallows? It was. You know what? No, I don't think there were marshmallows in it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there were marshmallows in it. They were literally stars that they were the cereal was like a marshmallowless lucky charms if you can imagine but they were star shaped the cool thing about gi joe action stars i think it was a ralston cereal came out in 85 it had different box variants oh that's cool so there was a gun i believe there was a duke box a gung-ho box and a shipwreck box Ugh. <laughs> you know one was buying the shipwreck. Box. It was just like when you go to a toy store after everyone's already picked the picket clean and all there is is the 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 shipwreck toy. Box. Pretty sure I don't know why there wasn't a Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes box. I think this was a little misguided. Or Flint, a or Flint someone. Box. Yeah, or Cobra J or something. Right, like yeah. Lady J would have been cool. That would have been really cool. Yeah, these um sort of branded, marketed, you know, property based cereals. I think that I think they were largely gone by the time you were probably cognizant of these Kyle because and again I think it was probably they probably put these out at large cost to the cereal companies now back in the 80s mid to late early to mid to late 80s I'm sure they were making bank off it but it became less of a thing but I'll name I'll go down the list of the ones that are most memorable to me well first of all Batman cereal which I thought there was an older iteration but apparently this one was based you might remember this one Kyle because this one was based around the Burton the 1989 Batman film and it had the, you know, it just had the Batman logo on the yeah, front. Yeah, that iconic. You know, I love that. I one. didn't remember that one. I thought there was an older Batman cereal, but I was, I was incorrect. But there was C3PO's, which was a Kellogg cereal in '84. And wow, so after Jedi came Yeah, out. approximately a year. It was released approximately a year after Jedi was released. Anthony Daniels, which I had remembered when I researched this, Anthony Daniels reprised his role as 3PO for the commercial. Oh, that's cool. Which is really cool. And. I, ha I hadn't remembered this. Some of the prizes in this cereal were some of the best. Thinking back, they had Star Wars trading cards, Star Wars stickers. Of course, it was all Star Wars-based prizes inside. So that, that was one reason to buy these, right? Donkey Kong Crunch, hmm. 1982. Wow, so Nintendo license. One of the first ones I remember, actually, as a kid. One of the because I was addicted to Donkey Kong in the arcade. It was like the first. It was one of the first really, arcade. Like, Donkey Kong sucks. Donkey At the Kong, time, I guess it was. It was all right. Yeah, we'll it was. It for another yeah, episode. because it's, Donkey Kong predates game. you by years, a couple of years. Yeah, right? no, I, I hate. I hate that game. I, I was addicted it. to Donkey Kong, and I think as a kid, as an eight, nine year old, seeing Donkey Kong for the first time, a lot of it was the arcade cabinet, the awesome artwork on the side of the car, arcade cabinet, and the marquee. And the sounds and the sights, like yeah, Donkey Kong was like a big thing for me. I was really, really like you should get a machine. You have, with you have Donkey Kong. Yeah, I would love to get a Donkey Kong machine. Re you know what I, I read recently, Kyle? Because I'm a, I'm obviously fascinated with arcade. You know the old arcade machines. I read recently somebody had sort of a database of the different various arcade cabinets and how many cabinets were released by you know Taito and Nintendo and all the old. Sega and all the old arcade cabinet companies. Data East. So you had an actual correlation between how rare something was and how valuable something was. So somebody had that information, which I thought was fascinating. So it was like how many hundred thousand, 
you know, arcade cabinets were released out into the out into the wild. Not just the United States, not just North America, but everywhere. So I thought that was really cool. Well, tangentially, that is cool. You tangentially, know? what would be your most would would Donkey Kong be the machine you'd want the most? Miss Pac-Man is the machine I would want the most. Me too. That's so funny you say that. That's the one I want. The different that can't iteration. be that expensive. I want a cocktail table, Miss Pac-Man, but I'll take a I'll take a stand up. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. I saw Miss Pac-Man for sale recently. It was in bad shape. It was original, but it was in bad shape. Um it was the cheapest I had seen one in a long time because I remember when they were going for like four or five hundred dollars, and then they climbed to like twenty five hundred. But this one was going for like nine fifty or something. It seemed pretty reasonable. It was in bad shape. I think maybe even the joystick was broken. But there's a lot of people that fix these things. Yeah, no, I know. I know a lot of people that are like you know? really. Into, I know. I know someone. Someone I used to live with. Yeah, Scott Romley, who a lot of the audience knows, he works for at, uh, on Star Wars now. But oh, cool. he he was a. Uh, He's a big pinball guy. Okay. And would fix pinball machines. And then I know people that I used to work with at IGN, they're in the arcade scene. The only reason I don't have, I would have probably a few machines, but I just don't have the space for it right no, now. No, I know. It's hard. But it's funny. I think I've said this to you before. There there was a place called Underdogs, which was like one of my favorite places to eat in San Francisco. It was like a Mexican bar, sure. like burrito shop. Yeah. And they had... The owner there is not a guy named Nick, really nice guy. He had a cocktail table for Arkanoid and a cocktail table for Miss Pac-Man. Okay. Which I thought was insane. And they were just like tables that people would sit at and drink yeah, at and stuff. Sure, yeah. And I'm like, first of all, it's fucking nuts that you're leaving these out Put here. Your, yeah. Second of all, I'll give you I will I will give you a thousand dollars for or whatever it is for each of these machines to walk out. Right, here. right, right. Like right now. And you could just replace them with tables. No one's gonna have any any and he's like, no, nah, I'm not selling them. <laughs> I'm like, this is unbelievable that you have the cocktail tables of the two games that I would want the most. The Arkanoid one was cool. Because I want the Arkanoid one. Because I remember that your orthodontist or someone's orthodontist, Dana's or Alex. Oh, you were saying Yeah, this. had a Space Invaders cocktail machine, which is another one that I would want. It's a great game. But I want the Arkanoid one with the wheel, not the trackball yeah. and not the joystick. The, I want wheel the wheel is so nuanced. Yeah, because you can like really play it. That's I a really great controller. Arkanoid. I love Arkanoid. Yeah, you do. You do. I don't know why. I just find it so fast. It was the colors that were attractive to me at first. It's a great game. All right, Kyle, let me finish going down. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I apologize. No, that's okay. That was very tangential. I I love the tangents. It's one of my favorite things about the show. That's why why the episodes get so long. I love it. Wait, where was I? E.T. Serial, I remember. 1984. G.I. Joe Action Stars. Wait, wait, let me go back real quick. C-3PO's, was that like a marshmallow-y? C-3PO's was... Did I write this down? No, I don't remember there being marshmallows in C-3PO's. But like, wait, was there? I'm not sure about that. What a lost marketing opportunity for them to not have released that in like 1979 or something. I know. No one came up with this idea. They were very C-3PO's. late. C-3PO's. They were very late with that. George like, Lucas let anyone do anything they wanted. He, he didn't think that like, that's the weird thing is that they didn't give a fuck. Very strange that they waited so long because the yeah. wheelhouse you would think would be between Empire and Jedi. Yeah. Right. So 82, 83 type of thing. Yeah. They, they Maybe missed 82. It. They just totally missed it. They, they really missed it with that. It reminds me, it's very reminiscent of the Ewoks cartoon. You know, you just, it was day late, dollar short, you know. E.T. Serial, which I remember. These are the ones I remember having or seeing on the shelves. There was a cereal in 2001. You may remember this, call A Simpsons-based cereal, Homer's Cinnamon Donut Cereal. I don't remember that. No. Which I don't remember how long lived. What year was that? That was 2000, released on shelves by Kellogg's in 2001, I believe. Oh, so w- long after. And yeah. it was a limited edition partner cereal to the Bart Simpson cereal, which I don't remember the Bart cereal for some reason, but I do remember the Homer cereal, which is weird. And Mr. T cereal, which we mentioned. There was a Nerds cereal, Nerds candy cereal, oh, which which is very reminiscent of the Nintendo cereal system. It was divided into two different cereals. So you had one, I think it was, um, there was two variants in the Nerds cereal, 1985, 
it was, you know, it looked like a giant nerd's box, but it had cereal instead of candy. And it was two different varieties, orange cherry on one side and strawberry grape on the other side. I don't remember having it. That sounds awful. But I remember seeing it, a Nintendo cereal system, of course, divided, as a lot of us remember, half Mario cereal, half Zelda, right? Were they different? Did they taste different? You know what? I don't remember. It's I don't remember question. either. I remember, ha- I remember eating it. Right. Like, I remember having it at least once. Yeah, definitely. But I don't remember the taste i'm sure there are unopened boxes out there if you there really has want to, to be i would buy one and just and just open it just to see what just yeah. to have it just like, to, oh my god would you eat it maybe do you know that there? 1988 do you know that by the way that someone introduced this to me i just this just came up to me because i only watched it for like one day but i watched it intensely okay there is a youtube channel that's very popular of a guy that buys old food and like old rations and shit and like opens them and eats them no i didn't know about this like he like go it's really like very it's awesome he so he'll buy like he'll buy like world war one rations get the hell and like open them and then like show you what was in them and then try to eat like what was in it and stuff like that get out yeah this guy's gonna die yeah definitely He's definitely gonna die. What? But I think, but I think it's, I think it's so cool. Like, yeah, he buys like old canned goods. It's and a like, great idea. It's fucking cool as hell. Oh, it's a great idea. Cool dude. as hell. Love it. Wish I came up with that idea. Pac-Man cereal. You would have to think that existed, right? General Mills, nineteen eighty-three. Yeah, um, getting that money. Ed, then it jumped on a Miss Pac-Man version. I think it added Miss Pac-Man shaped marshmallows, and then Super Pac-Man marshmallows later. So it kind of jumped with all the different iterations <laughs> of the Pac-Man games, which was kind of smart. Smurfberry Crunch, nineteen eighty-three. I loved it. This is in my top five cereals of all time. I was in love with it. I don't know why mom and dad let me get this cereal, but because it had to be really sugary. And, you know, the thinking back then was just like, this cereal is so bad for you. But they got it for us. It was so good. Strawberry shortcake cereal, which I don't remember. Dana was a big strawberry shortcake, you know, being, you know, of her generation, loved strawberry shortcake. But I don't remember ever having this cereal. Rainbow Bright cereal. Scooby-Doo cereal from 2013? What? I don't even remember this. I wonder if it's still around. I don't even know. Scooby-Doo sucks. Sco- I can't stand Scooby-Doo. Somebody else I, I know hates Scooby-Doo. I was never a huge Scooby-Doo guy. I just don't guy. get it. It's like, what is going on here? What about, where do you stand on pup named Scooby-Doo? Like, the later iteration was like a, it was like a really cartoony version of, it was like them as kids, but it was know, very like, it was cute. It was cute, actually. But you weren't a big Scooby-Doo guy. No, I just never understood. Scooby-Doo's up there with like Ghostbusters and these other things where I'm like, I don't really understand. It's part of nerddom that you don't really get. Yeah, it's like, I don't really get that. Super Mario cereal, 2017. I got a couple of boxes. Yeah, you have boxes. I found a couple of boxes of that. And uh, TMNT, Ninja Turtle cereal from 1989. And they were really, really good. You know what those were? I remember having multiple boxes of this one as well. It was a Czech style. This was an interesting one because it was a Czech styled cereal. That were kind of sugary, almost like a, almost like a sugar glazed checks, but they had it had marshmallows in it as well. So picture like a sugary checks with marshmallows, really cool. I don't remember ever any other cereal having that exact, that exact being that exact way. So it was very interesting, and mm. they were tasty. Those are super good. And you know what, Kyle? In my recollections, I had remembered that I was thinking about okay, what cereals. What marketed cereals did they never come out with? That's kind of weird that they didn't do. And I thought there was never a master. As far as I know, there was never a He-Man slash Masters of the Universe cereal, which was kind of odd because that was very, very popular in the you know mid '80s. And why was there never a Transformers cereal? Because Transformers mm. was huge. Mm. Well, I d- I dug a little bit. Apparently, there was. Ralston made a Transformers cereal, had it all done. It was all developed and packaged and ready to go. And they realized 
it was, you know, again, being day late, dollar short on something. It was 1986 and Transformers was sort of waning in popularity. It was kind of falling by the wayside. And they actually, instead of incurring the cost of advertising and distributing the cereal, they never... It never went out there. So how cool would it be? They never put it on the shelves. Someone has to have it. Like someone. There has to be boxes yeah. of this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Right? I looked on eBay. I couldn't find it. Yeah, I'm sure there are people, you know, I realized this when I was watching the toys of that made our lives or whatever the hell that show is on Netflix when they were talking about G.I. Joe, which is something that, you know, I, I'm obsessed with. Yeah. And how these people that worked on it, like they were smart enough to peel a bunch of shit off. Like they have all sorts of shit. They have that, like to. where I was like, whole like when I was watching that, I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Right. Especially the guy that like draws all of the all of the art that made the logos. And oh, like yeah. Made, I'm oh, like, I'm absolutely. like, I want to just, I would pay you thousands of dollars to just go through your shit. I don't even want any. Right. Like, just can you imagine you, like, like seeing what Larry Hama and all those oh guys my God, have? Can like, you imagine no, what Larry Hama? Hey, especially Larry Hama. Can you imagine like what, what he must have? So he's got, you have so to assume someone at Ralston was smart enough to be like, let's peel a few of these off the truck and just throw them in a, in a, in you a would attic. think, I don't know. Do you think again, like we talk so. about my friend, Tommy's parents were the only people I ever knew in my life of that era that were smart enough to do that. And I don't even know where that thinking came from for them. You know, it's not like they were, you know. And that's another thing with Tommy, man. Like, we got to find, I got to find Tommy, not only to reconnect you, but to offer him a sum of money for his G.I. Joe's. He, you know, who knows? He could still be sitting on all that stuff. You like, know, if he card. has unopened, like, unopened straight arm Duke. Yeah. Unopened Firefly version one. Yeah. Unopened Snake Eyes with Timber. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Like, those, those specific... You know, I would pay good money for that shit, like really good money. But Kyle, one more thing about yeah, the Transformers cereal. They had all the marketing done. They had, and I love this. They they had like Ralston had all the marketing done. They were going to, it was more taste than meets the eye. That's cool. And transforms ordinary milk into chocolate flavored milk. How well, crazy is that? This is ready to go. It is interesting. The economics though, like companies do weird things sometimes because like they look at the numbers and they're like, it actually will cost us more to actually try to sell this. Right. It's not going to work. That's so, it, it is so weird. Like we just eat the cost. No pun intended. We just eat the cost. Right. It's literally more expensive to try to sell it. <laughs> it's very weird. Because <gasps> even if they had the ads, you would think they would just ship all of their, co- all of it out and just be like, well, well We'll just sell, sell it. Right. You know? Try. Give it a shot. Yeah. We don't have to advertise or anything. Someone's going to see it. And buy right. It. Right. Right. Anyway, Justin wrote in with. Hey, Justin. Said, Dagan and Colin, did either of you have the experience I did of the first time walking into the dining hall at college and realizing there were 12 different cereals to choose from all the time? Suddenly, all the cereal I couldn't have in high school was available every morning. It was fantastic. Oh. No more getting tired of one type of cereal, plus a great fallback when the dining hall food was subpar more often than not. Thanks for all the great shows. Knockback is easily the best podcast I listen to weekly. I agree. It probably is the best podcast you listen to. Justin. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Now, I don't know if you can relate to this because you didn't live on campus ever. No. Right? You nope. Did you have a dining hall that you went to? No, but you know what? My, I, you know, I went to a trade school, inner city trade school. So it was literally the building we didn't have where we dormed. I might have talked about this before. We dormed in like apartment high rises. Which was good and bad because we didn't have we there was no dining facilities associated with that. But my then girlfriend, my longtime girlfriend at that time, went to Pace University downtown in New York. So I and I we vis, I visited her on the weekend. So I was able to have that whole dining hall experience. You get with the her. guest pass and yeah, go. You know, just go and eat. And you know, that's a that's a great point with the breakfast cereals and stuff. If you didn't if you weren't treated to that, like many of us weren't regularly as kids. To have that all of a sudden as a college kid, is so that must have been so cool. Now, I, I don't know if this is the experience at every college. I must admit that I went to a high-end private school. I was very lucky to do that. So yep. I don't know if this is the, the experience everywhere. 
But I remember we were going to the dining hall and being like, are you out of your fucking minds? <laughs> you were overwhelmed. With, like, I was like, this is insane. Really? So yeah. you were... Like I was like I I had first of all I had a meal pass all four years I was there most people stopped eating in the in there generally after they were sophomores they would like go move out and like start I'm like no way man tell me about the meal pass so what did you, that entitle you to so you like you get various you could get like ten entries a, a month or a week or fifteen or whatever the case might be of guest passes and shit okay and then you just we had cards called husky cards you would get scanned when you go in and then it would remove one of your meals Got and it. then you could just go in and take whatever you want okay just stay there as long as you want okay. i mean that was the create and i used to go there when i was a junior and senior my, my ex-girlfriend at the time used to make fun of me although it was really funny i used to go in there with like six or seven tupperwares and i would fucking go nuts like i would go get like an omelet have them make me an omelet i'd go get a cheeseburger i get some chicken and some fries put them all in these tupperwares go but get a bunch of cereal make a salad like it was i was like this is wild stuff how is this possible that's amazing and so that's that's i remember but i remember their little cereal silos they were like silos that you turn on and off yeah and sure. it had like and I, I so i remember that very clearly and, i have those at work actually and i only say that I, you know northeastern might have had a different situation because i do know some people and i visited people at other colleges that had much less impressive yeah. facilities than and you did in this regard so I don't know that it was necessarily everyone's experience, but man. Like, now, did you have people working back there that can make you like, yeah, make you something to order? Yeah. So basically, I remember the. I mean, it's sad, but I remember the layout so well. And this was there was multiple dining halls, but this was this was the dining hall I'm talking about is Stetson East. Okay. If you go to Northeastern, you guys will know what that Could is. Could you have gone to any of them? Yeah. Okay. So there was like one. There was one. There was one that had like that specialized. There was like a smaller dining hall where you can go and get like stir fries and like oh, all sorts of shit made what? for you. I would love. There this. was a thing called like takeouts or something like that where you can use your meal plan and then just go in and get pre-made like sandwiches and stuff like that. Okay. And there was a bunch of sit down stuff. I used to go to Stetson East. And so, yeah, if you walked in and go to the left, there was a station where they made like pancakes and French toast. There was a station where they made like omelets. You can get like any omelet you want. They would like make them two at a time. Sounds fantastic. There was a station where they'd have like different chicken dishes and like beef dishes and stuff and they would serve you. And then there was the next to them. They were always cooking like a bunch of burgers and right. Like there's like a grill. Right. Okay. And then in the middle, there was like the central island and that was where like the salad bar was. And then off to the side was like your condiments and your cereals and stuff. Right. And then there's just a shit ton of tables like your drinks. You get Cokes and waters and stuff. It sounds wonderful. Dude, it was awesome. Like I, I remember being 17, 18, 19 and being like, this is wild. Like it sounds ideal. You could just stuff and and everyone wonders like why do freshmen gain so much weight? You know the, the technical fre uh, freshman fifteen, right? Sure, yeah. That didn't happen to me because I had a really good. I didn't start gaining weight until after college, thank God, or I would have been fucked. Your metabolism was quite speedy. Thank God, dude. Because yeah. at that time I wasn't playing hockey anymore, and I wasn't move, like I was very sedentary. Yeah, and I was just smoking weed and going to school, you know, going to class <laughs> and stuff. And I would eat constantly all the time. I I ate probably ate four thousand calories a day. Like I would eat entire pizzas and like you know just go crazy. Yeah. So thank God. But I remember, you know, you'd go to college with people, you know, freshmen, you know, girls and guys. And then at the end of the year, you'd look at them and be like, huh, like you gained a little bit of weight, didn't you? And that was the freshman 15. It's like, you know, you yeah, sure, of course. But like small wonder, like what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, absolutely. There's like no portion. Not that I'm saying we're adults. Right. You don't have to portion control us. But I also wondered, I'm like, man, like, is this a money making operation? They used to yell at me sometimes when they'd see me with my Tupperware. And I'd be like, what are you going to like? like it was but there like, was no quantity rule. Dude, right? you can stay in there, and I did. You can stay in there forever. You could like you, I would go in there sometimes at like just to do homework. It was an I'd go in at like ten o'clock and I have an omelet. I would just stay there all day with my books on the table, and then I'd go get lunch. And <laughs> and you weren't scanning your card again, so like you were actually oh. getting the, the money for the food for free. Right? They didn't care. No one cared. So that's beautiful. I just remember that dining hall so well. Like so many funny ass things happening in that dining hall, and like so many. Like we had our little tables, and I just remember eating there with Ramon and our and our roommates. And, yeah, and you know meeting girls there and. Yeah. 
Very fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah, very good. I didn't have that typical college experience, so I always lament that. Not always, but, you know, it's one of those things. But, you know, thank God I was able to experience it through friends and, you know, girlfriends. We're running a little long because we have so much more to get through. So I'm going to start skipping over some of these. But Sean Mason brought up. And I want to acknowledge because we already talked about it, the back of the box and arguing with your siblings over the cereal. So That's we already awesome. Hey, Sean, what's yeah, up? So we already mentioned that, Sean. Okay. Matt Wu wrote into us. This is an interesting one. This is just about procedure. Hey, Matt. Matt says, what's the proper order? Pour milk first, then add cereal or cereal first and then add oh, milk? I love it. There's I only- really think, uh, you know, Matt, I really think it's got to be the cereal first. I, I, I've... Because when you're in the situation where you have milk left over and then you want more cereal, that's always a less satisfying bowl because it's you're not pouring the milk over it. You're pouring the cereal into it. So then you have to mix it up. It's just no. the first bowl is always the best and you got to pour the milk in second. Nobody pours it. Matt, that's a wonderful question. Very creative, very inventive. But don't be a crazy person. No one pours the milk in first. You try, Matt's trying to trick us. That's not a thing, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Waters wrote a notice. We talked about toys in boxes, but he's curious. Do we have any memorable or favorite toys yeah. that came in a box of cereal? And he said, for me, it was the spoon that lit up and looked like a lightsaber. I was probably a bit too what? old when these came out, but it didn't stop me from making saber sound effects. As was I that in C-3PO's? My assumption, because we have a young we have a young audience or young parts of the audience. My assumption is these are episode or prequel. Newer stuff. Which is unfortunate. No, you know what? I don't remember too many. I was really trying to rack my brain. Apparently, when I researched this, like the best prizes and, you know, cereal boxes ever, there was apparently, I don't even know remember what cereal it is. You guys may remember. There was apparently a, a, some kind of transformer. It wasn't a Takara or Hasbro Transformer or even a GoBot. It was like an off-brand Transformer, but it was like a transforming toy. There was four different ones that were in toys, and everybody's like, that was the best thing in the... That was the best prize in any cereal box in the 80s. I don't remember that. The best prize I've ever seen in a cereal box was actually pretty recently, maybe like five years ago, Mega Bloks had like sets. You know, it's like Mega Bloks is like an off-brand Lego. Um, they have... They're not really an off-brand. They have different licenses than Lego has. But... Um, I guess everything that's not Lego is off brand, but they had a Lego cars that were actually pretty cool. Like they were bigger than matchbox scale, matchbox scale cars. They were almost like trans G one transformer scale cars that were just little Lego cars. I thought that was the coolest thing. That was the most impressive thing maybe I've ever seen in a cereal box. You know, again, I think back to C-3PO's and anything star Wars branded was cool, but that spoon sounds pretty cool. That yeah, sounds really fun. Definitely. Jose Horak or Horich. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm hey, mispronouncing Jose. your name, Jose. He says, my personal favorite cereal is Fruity Pebbles. That's a great choice. Me too. It's one of the few cereals that hasn't gotten bland over the years, and I just love the texture it's of delicious. it. It's delicious. It's delicious. But what's nuts? This is an interesting point. Okay. But what's nuts to me is that although Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble are still the mascots, yep. kids today don't really know who the Flintstones are. They only know them through it, that. It isn't aired anywhere, or at least anywhere I'm aware of. There, There's going to be a generation of kids who only know the Flintstones as the Pebbles guys or maybe the Vitamins guys. Yeah. That's an interesting point, because first of all, I was never a big Flintstones guy. I didn't. I remember watching it at Grandma and Grandpa's because I think it was just on TV. It was antiquated. It was very time. I never found it very interesting. And 50 1950s you're talking about. man. And yeah, and certainly, you know, yeah, mom grew up with it. And because mom actually brings up points about like how she was excited to go home and watch. She brought that up on our podcast. Actually, yeah. I don't know if it was the fireside chats or the knockback we did. Right. Where she said her and her friend would go play in the playground and then go get excited for the because the Flintstones was on. The Flintstones was a prime time show. It's amazing. You know, when you which is. Like, it's amazing. Like what? You know, it's so crazy too, Kyle. It's the only Fred and Barney are the only one of the only cartoon characters that are actually not just created for, to 
to promote the cereal, like a Trix Rabbit or Lucky the Leprechaun or Sonny the Cuckoo Bird. Like, they're actual cartoon characters. And it is. It's so weird that that's the only way people would know them now. But are Fruity Pebbles, what is the provenance of Fruity Pebbles? Fruity and Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles. What, yeah, what's their, is their connection, is their connection to, is, in other words, do they have contemporaneous connection to Flintstones being on the air? Did, did they come out when Flintstones was relevant? Oh, you know what? When they came out, let me look while you look at the other questions, because I know. Okay. Yeah, let me look when they, when Cocoa Pebbles and Fruity Pebbles came out. I have that written down. That's what I'm curious about, because. The, I don't think so, though. Because the, I'm always curious. No, about the, 1971. Yeah, because I'm, I'm always curious about the vitamins, too. It's like, why, why did this get licensed by Hanna-Barbera, whoever owns this license? Yeah. And I actually probably just, like, Hanna-Barbera probably actually just makes latent amounts of money off of Fruity Pebbles for decades. They probably so that, do. So which is probably, Turner now, Cartoon Network oh, slash okay. Turner. That's what Hanna-Barbera evolved into okay but no fruity pebble i think if i'm not mistaken flintstones came out in 57 or 58 or 59 and fruity pebbles and cocoa pebbles came out by post in 1971 so you're talking about a a difference of 12 13 years in between the flintstones being at their peak because the flintstones of course notable because it was the first prime time cartoon ever you know first you know you think about the simpsons that the the flintstones is really what set that off it was on eight o'clock at night I believe when it aired. So yeah, so not contemporary to the product at all. I mean, by the time I was born in seventy three, late in seventy three, Flintstones was already antiquated. Not that it wasn't on and syndicated, it certainly was, but it was already old. You know. Corey Hahn wrote into us. Hey Corey. So do you have any specific habits or rituals when consuming breakfast cereal? I distinctly remember spooning through Lucky Charms and eating anything that wasn't a marshmallow first. That way, the last few spoonfuls of my breakfast were pure marshmallow deliciousness before I drank the milk from the bowl. Okay, well you ruined it a little bit at the end. <laughs> Corey. Uh, I have the same ritual when okay. I eat marshmallow cereal. I like to work away my, you know, alphabets is another one where you used to try. I used to try to make like little letters or try to have like one of every letter. They in were there. the best. You know, they so that best. was a kind of a clever cereal. I don't know if that still exists. I assume it does. It went away for a long time and then they brought it back. Oh, OK. I don't know why it went away. And they had alphabets, I think, with marshmallows. And what was funny was I actually preferred the normal alphabets over the alphabets with marshmallows. I don't remember alphabets with marshmallows. Yeah, there was like a marshmallow version of it. Interesting. Yeah. OK. So yeah, I think. Do you have any any uh, with alpha with um? Eating, generally, no, you know what? General generally, I'm a little odd, a little bit of an oddball when it comes to this. I think because I always preferred the actual cereal to the marshmallows. The I didn't like the texture of the marshmallows on my teeth. It was because they weren't like soft marshmallows, like those hard marshmallows. It almost had a resonance of like chalk. You know, nails on a chalkboard for me. Not that I didn't like them, but I, they had to get soft first. But have you seen, like, if you go to, like, a candy store, Kyle, like, it's sugar or something. Have you seen these boxes of cereal that's all marshmallows? Have yeah, you seen yeah. these? My kids love them. That, love see, that's kind of ruins it for me. Like, I don't want it's all overkill. Yeah, it's, it's overkill. It is overkill because what was special about it, I even got, I even got a little mad. I think in Lucky Charms, you know, at some point they started putting a little bit more of a marshmallow content in there. And I'm even like that. I'm like, I don't want more. Like, yeah. I like that. Like, it's like you get one in every bite or something. There's a balance. Yeah, because I, I like the way that the kind of the grains taste, too. I hear that. John O'Peck wrote into us. John O. And said, are you like me and occasionally break out the cereal box for a lazy lunch, dinner, or dessert? I think cereal is just too good to relegate to just breakfast time. As Jerry Seinfeld once said, it's eating and drinking at the same time with one hand without looking. Wow. It is true. I I do relate cereal to Seinfeld as well because he has a real cereal obsession, both in real That's life true. and on the show. Yeah. Which I always thought was really funny. That's a great part of his character. So we definitely have to bring him up, of course. Well done. Well done, Jono. Umberto Garcia de Celis. Hey, Umberto. Stretching out my Spanish today. Nice. You Do didn't you? roll the R's, though. There are no R's. Umber- um, well, there is Umber- an Umberto. Umber- Umberto. <laughs> Gar- I, can't, I can't do the roll. Do it. Gar- oh. oh Gar- I, but, but I don't think you'd roll the Garcia. 
DeSellis. Humberto Garcia DeSellis. <laughs> Sorry, I can barely speak English. You have to forgive me. Do you guys think that eating cereal is something reserved specifically for kids? As a 31-year-old adult, I would still love to eat Lucky Charms, but I can no longer indulge in those big-ass bowls of sugar and milk as I don't want to roll down the streets. It has come down to a decision between my waistline and Lucky Charms. Humberto, I'm going to pretend you didn't just ask that question. He wanted to know. He's out I think it's for any age, but I do agree with you that it's like anything else. Like I don't know that I could go down the cereal route in a permanent way because Why? I think it, just like because I'm already fat. How much fatter does anyone want me to get? You're not fat. I look like I'm pregnant. You fucking crazy. It's like the immaculate. It's like I'm immaculately fucking pregnant over here. Ben Bell wrote into us and said, hey, guys, when I was a kid, I had a pretty particular food taste, especially when it came to breakfast cereals. I almost I ate almost every cereal, mini wheat, Cheerios, Golden Grams with absolutely zero milk until my teens. What? I still wonder if this is something that multiple kids do or just a cereal killer in the making, indicate, indicating <laughs> indicative of my childhood. Either way, keep up. The great work. I like eating dry cereal, but oh, it's too dry. I think it's nice to just it's like eating sand. Really? You think so? Even and I this is coming from someone who doesn't like milk. Okay. I think we should develop. Here's the thing. Maybe somebody had the experience of running out of milk and pouring water water in your oh. cereal. I'm not sure. I don't know. That's that's that probably happened. Or chicken what stock. we need is a milk. <laughs> <laughs> what we need is a milk alternative. Yeah. Well, you, you know? have soy milk and almond milk and whatnot. That's true. That's very true. Absolutely. Absolutely, coconut milk. I've always wanted to try almond milk specifically because I don't know why I have it. I'm an adult. I can just literally it. go buy Helene almond loves milk. that stuff. It must be bad for you, though. You think? Fatty, dude. You have to assume that's that true. that's like real fat. And I know we said earlier, fat doesn't really matter, but that's like you're drinking almonds. I mean, I, I, don't, mm. I don't know about that. Not a big almond guy. So. But I love almonds. I mean, if it, does it taste like almonds? Um, I don't know. I don't like almonds. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird that you don't like almonds. Pretty, I don't. That's I'm very like, interesting. I have what an do you almonds? I don't know. They're just texture? I can't Because the taste is so mild. You know, I can't stand it's got almonds. this very it's weird. It almost has this like very it's got like a sweet bite to it or I don't know. Really? Yeah, I think so. Ugh. Shane Hendrickson wrote into us and said, I grew up in an extremely religious of evangelical home where all media content I consumed was strictly moderated. OK, books, TV shows, video games. Everything was strictly screened for questionable content, including anything that depicted aliens, robots or monsters, <laughs> robots. Wow. Which were not allowed in the house at all. <gasps> this included, believe it or not, the General Mills monster cereals. What? So there's not a question there. Just uh, Shane just wanted to let us know that he had a depressing childhood. Well, Booberry, he's not a monster. He's a ghost. He's a ghost. And he could be Jesus for all we know. It could be any ghost. We don't know what like who it is. Thomas Neville wrote into us. Hey, Thomas. Said quite serendipitously. My friends and I ranked 21 different breakfast cereals this weekend. Okay. We poured it dry and let people add milk if desired. Golden Grams was unanimously the winner. Golden Grams. And the room was in shock at how much the flavor was enhanced by the milk. What are your top five and bottom five? He said his top okay. five was Golden Grams. I'm not going to go over the bottom five, but Golden. the top five was Golden Grams, okay. Fruity Pebbles, right. Frosted Cheerios, okay. Honey Nut Cheerios, and Cocoa Puffs. Those are tops? Those are his tops. Now, I have to actually grab my notebook to see Honey what Nut I Cheerios would throw in belongs there. there for sure. Let me That's see not here. a bad list. That's not a bad list at all. Let me flip through my notes. Please. I don't have a top list, but I'll say right now that I think this would be probably it. Okay. I would say... And I, not necessarily in any order. Lucky Charms would be in there. Okay. But I would also say Magic Stars would be in there as well. Okay. I would throw Honey Nut Cheerios in there. Boo Berry. Yeah. Frankenberry. Okay. And Fruit Loops. And Fruit Loops. Okay. But maybe also those O's cereals that I was talking about that I don't really know the name yeah. of. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. They those might are have really been good. called O's. Yeah. Maybe they are. H. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe so. 
Interesting. What do you think? Interesting. I'm going Fruity Pebbles as my number one. I really love Life Cereal, so I'll go there. Vanilla Checks, I'm a big fan of contemporarily, so I'll go there. Smurfberry Crunch, I loved so much when I was a kid, so I'll go there. TMNT Cereal was also delicious. You know, again, no longer available. And a couple other favorites of mine, Cookie Crisp, I always loved. And I'll go for my tops. I'll go, let's see. Maybe... Oh, you know what? There's an old cereal. I don't think it's around anymore. Waffalos, which was like sort of like picture a Captain Crunch, but they were bigger pieces and they had like a pancake syrup type finish to the flavor. Delicious. Delicious. Bottom cereals, I'm going never a big fan of Apple Jacks. Oh, really? I yeah. like Apple Jacks. Apple Jacks, I wasn't a big fan of. I could, I could dig, dig Apple Jacks. Um, regular Cheerios. Really? No. Worst aftertaste ever. I like regular Cheerios. Really? Yeah, I like them. No, not a big fan of regular Even Cheerios. Even without the sugar. And I, do kids still pour copious amounts of sugar? In this, it made you wonder why were you eating Cheerios? Right. I remember getting dad's like sugar thing from it next to this coffee yeah, and pouring yeah, yeah. Cheerios and just like pouring tons of sugar. It's like, wh- why didn't we just get hundreds <laughs> of Cheerios? Why did you bother? <laughs> Definitely. Why were we allowed? Dude, I'm talking oh, like, about spoonfuls of sugar into the bowl. Oh, it was disgusting. Like horrifying. It was Diabetes in- inducing. It was gross. I, be- I think regular Rice Krispies are also pretty, pretty nasty. I don't, I don't understand. They're too the, small. They're too small. They get soggy so quickly. Yeah. You know, which cra- is not- they, well, people like the crackle though. It's true. They get saturated real quick. It's definitely true. As you said, what else? What else? I don't know. Don't you I like? think that's it. The bo- the bottoms for me. I was never a huge tricks guy. I like tricks. Tricks too. was okay, yeah. but it's what you said. Tricks tastes like fruity pebbles. Yeah, pretty much. Right, right, right. No, but then def- again, blueberry and frankenberry are pretty similar cereals. That too. same, f- yeah, very similar flavor profile. Two sides of the them. same coin, as they might say. Honey Nut Cheerios is a top one too. I don't think Honey Nut Cheerios is great. They're delicious. That's as far as you need to go with the Cheerio. All this other shit with the apple Cheerios and they have like the frosted Cheerio. I don't want, like. I like the original Cheerio. Yeah, classic, a lot of it's Cheerios. a classic American cereal, and I like the Honey Nut Cheerio. I think that that's a you know I like the character, the B character. Right, right, right. Because I, I felt like that was like that was an evolutionary cereal that was good for both adults and kids. That was like your segue as you were getting into your grape nuts years or your yeah, fucking whatever, right. you know. No, perfect, perfect way to describe it. It's a segue cereal. How do you feel about Kellogg's cornflakes, the original cereal? Disgusting. Absolutely awful. Were you reading at all about the history of the cereal? Because it comes from like the 1880s, 1890s. Very old. I was reading a little bit about it. Yeah. But I, you know, every once in a while, I really love that icon with the, the, the rooster. rooster. I love that. I think that that's like super classic. That's been on the box forever. Forever. Like these are really old American brands, which I think is really cool. I don't really have a problem with them. I just don't really understand what the point is. They don't taste like anything. It's like it's like eating like steel oats or something. It's like like steel cut oats. It's like, what the hell is this? Right. This is like the shit you eat in an apocalypse or something. This yeah. is not like something you like you you volunteer to eat. Right. You eat these flakes when when you're dying and there's nothing left to eat in the world. Uh, you know, because it was introduced, it was just basically it was it was convenience. It was like so factory work. You know, during the you know during the factory the heyday of the factory and working on lines and stuff. It was so people could have a quick breakfast and like sort of power up and get their nutrition and get their you know get their energy food so they could jump on the line during like the industrial revolution. I mean that's why that's what these cereals were invented for convenience. Right. And know? we and we had so much of the crops that were necessary especially in the US to make them. We are swimming in wheat and we are especially sure. swimming in corn. Great point. Of course. So I think that's where it comes from too and I think that there's some I remember seeing a documentary about this. I didn't read about it recently but there's some connection between Kellogg, the flakes and like 
these early health spas that they ran and shit. Do you know anything about yes. this? Yes. Yeah. There's like some weird connection between all that too, where like the cereal was also part of this like healthy diet that they were trying to like put on like a very, yeah. very proto diet before that was even a thing that you guys can go read about really interesting stuff. That's where cereal comes from. But I was reading cause I was like, cereal can't be like breakfast cereal as is can't be an American invention, but it is, it is, it's completely American. And actually I was reading about, the phenomenon of like cereals and breakfast cereals, like the culture is still strongest here for it. And almost all of the cereals that people eat are American. Isn't you that know? funny? It's just one of those weird things like that. We've contributed to the world. Like we contributed just cere- like breakfast cereal. Okay. Right. You guys I mean, can have the- breakfast isn't an American invention, obviously. No, but, of course not. But breakfast cereal is Dagan. We have other questions from Matt Karolowski and Finley House. Well, I'm not going to read them, be- guys, because they kind of cover things we already talked about. But I did okay. want to acknowledge that you were in my notes. OK. But the one thing that I didn't want to kind of finish on and then we can finish on anything you want to finish on sure, as well. Sure is something we had discussed privately many times, which is I always got a real kick out of the commercials at the end as part of a balanced breakfast. Someone had brought it up earlier. <laughs> I don't know that they do this anymore, so I don't know if younger listeners will be able to relate to this, but I was always fascinated by the cereal commercials that would show this amazing ornate breakfast that they would have. Like mom and dad were not, it would literally be a bowl of cereal, a glass of milk, a glass of orange juice with like a pitcher probably of orange juice next to it. Right. Like two over easy eggs, like dry toast, like two slices of bacon. Yes. Or like sausage links. Absolutely. It was like so weird. Like who the fuck is eating this? (laughs) This is part of your breakfast. The point of cereal is that you don't have to do all that. First of all, it's like what in God's name, part of a balanced breakfast. Here's. 4,500 calories for you before you go to school. Have have fun staying awake, Billy. <laughs> You're going to definitely fall asleep after all this. Isn't that crazy? I always thought that was so funny because I was like, is this really the way normal? I always thought that's the way normal people ate when I was a kid. I was like, oh, like over easy eggs. Right. Everyone's having because I did my my our best friends or my best friends, the Cotchers, they did have a sort of nuclear thing going on where like they did have breakfast every morning like i remember loving eating there on the weekends because they would cook a shit ton of bacon and like okay you know they had everyone would have eggs and milk and oranges like they did have something like that yeah but cereal wasn't a part of it no it wasn't part of a balanced breakfast and right. i'm not sure that they ate like that every day of the week right 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 and so i always thought that that was so fascinating i'm like oh that to- like or the toast would have like um a perfectly square piece of butter on top of it, like unmelted butter. Oh, it was, it was picturesque. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, it was a perfectly staged photo. Yeah. And I remember being so crestfallen when I found out as a kid, which I'm sure you know, that like a lot of these breakfast cereal commercials and these great slow-mo shots, it's, it's glue. Like a lot of it is like this gluey substance. It's not milk, you know? And they get these really amazing shots out of it. Yeah. Like, you know, because of that, it's like this gluey, weird shit you don't eat. <laughs> It just looks so beautiful yeah, on film. Yeah, it does. You know, as a shot or whatever. So, Dig, is there anything else you wanted to finish up on? Yeah, we wrap I mean, up this you know what? I have to talk a little bit about my fascination with serial mascot characters. Because the serial commercials that we grew up with and that I grew up with, especially in my generation, was a big part of me wanting to become an animator because of all the animated content that was associated with breakfast cereals and growing up with that, you know, and watching, especially watching all the breakfast cereals. On Saturday morning, you know, commercials on Saturday morning in between the cartoons. I mean, Saturday mornings when we were growing up, when I was growing up, was completely 100% animated content. Because you have to remember, it was the cartoons, the actual cartoons that we were watching. And then all the advertising was animated, especially the serial commercials. And then all the um, PSAs and everything in between the shows were also animated. So it was just like a huge, you know, it was just like a huge domino thing of animation, you know. But the serial mascots were so memorable to me. And in fact, I think you remember this, Kyle. My thesis film in college 
was a parody of serial, you know, classic serial commercials. Because I was always obsessed with the fact of why is it this trope? Why is it this thing of the serial mascot trying to desperately get the cereal from the kids who won't give it to them, right? Or the or the characters that won't give it to them. So you have like the Tricks Rabbit, Lucky the Leprechaun, Cookie Crook. You know, it was like this whole thing of the cereal mascot trying to get away with getting the cereal that they weren't supposed to get. So I, I developed this cartoon. My thesis film was basically this giant oversized tricks rabbit it wasn't the tricks rabbit but it was like this you know this fat version of the tricks rabbit trying to get the cereal from the kids i was i was a, a fascinated with why that was a thing do you still have a copy of, of that i think i um, have it on like v- VHS, but I, went to school, I, yeah. I think i remember it at your you you just you had some sort of display at a show right where yeah. that played on repeat or yeah. something. i remember that we yeah. had our graduation show in because uh, i graduated from school in 98 we was at the uh, academy of natural sciences or was it the yeah, I think it was at the Academy of Natural Sciences. And we had a thing set up where our school invited, you know, prospective employers to come. And we had a little, you know, everybody had a little kiosk set up with business cards and a real playing and portfolios portfolios at that time that we could hand out again, like kind of on the cusp of the dot-com era and the internet, but not really yet. Like we still had actual tangible things to hand out, like actual business card, actual portfolio, VHS demo reels, you know. So yeah, that was a part of my thing. And I basically made a serial commercial, you know. And so that that was always a big thing to me. So I just want to shout out to all the classic serial characters that inspired me to not only love cereal, but to love cartoons. It was a really big part of my growing up. So I don't want to forget, you know, I don't want to forget to name those guys. So I'm going to go Trix Rabbit, Captain Crunch, Cap'n Crunch, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Now, Kyle, can you name, do you know the difference between Snap, Crackle, and Pop? Do you know who's who? No, I don't. That? This is like the ducks and fucking Oh, it's like Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's like the same thing. All right, right, so I learned this. I had to school myself. Snap is the chef. And apparently when, you know, apparently these were the first in the 30s, this was, these was these were the first cereal mascots. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know that was that old. And it started with Snap and then Crackle and Pop came later. And then apparently at some point in the 50s, there was a fourth gnome called Pow. I don't know how long he snap, lasted. Snap, Crackle, Pop. Pop and Snap, Crackle, Pop, pop. and Pow. Snap, snap, Crackle, Pop, Pow. Yeah, that's, that's and they got much. rid of him. It yeah, was too some much. marketing guy was like, "No, nah, it was it was a it was a it was a bridge too far." Yeah, no, that's too much. So Snap is the chef. Crackle is the guy with the floppy sort of the uh, stocking cap, the striped stocking cap, and then Pop is the marching band. He's like the, got the drum major costume on with the epaulets. He's got the red. Right, right. Looks like a marching band guy. Interesting. Digum Frog, right? Tony the Tiger, of course. Yeah, he was he. Tiger. I think Tony the Tiger might have came second. In the, in the pantheon of cartoon mascots. There's another one associated with Tony. I'm going to skip. I don't want to forget to go back to that, though. Toucan Sam. Fred and Barney, we talked about. Sonny the Cuckoo Bird. I mean, he's a psychotic. Buzz the Honey Nut Bee. Buzz the Honey Nut Bee. We already talked about him. He's adorable. Yeah, he's very kind-hearted. Super cool. And he evolved probably the most. He probably has, pound for pound, the most iterations because he even went from being a traditionally drawn cartoon to a CG cartoon. You know, he's all he's all CG now. So he was actually kind of interesting. And I think even after his CG iteration, they went back and did like another traditionally drawn version of him. He's really cute. Very appealing. Lucky, the leprechaun. They're always after me, Lucky Charms. He's very unsettling to me, yeah. Really? Yeah, that's what I like about it. He's one of my favorites. And a lot of 
Lucky, the branding and the advertising for Lucky was handled by Saatchi and Saatchi Advertising Agency in New York, who did a lot of their creative in-house. And a lot of my friends worked on the different iterations, the, the more modern iterations of Lucky. They got to do a lot of... Uh, That's pretty cool. A lot of my friends animated on Lucky and Trix Rabbit, by the way. Count Chocula, Frankenberry. Of course, we talked about Booberry and Fruit Brute. And shout out to yum, Super Fruit Yummy Mummy. Sugar Bear. Do you remember Sugar Bear? I don't think so. He was like a really smooth talking, little overly calm. He was even like half lidded. He's on Ativan. He seemed like a little high. <laughs> yeah. Sugar Bear wasn't a huge fan. We talked about the Cornflakes Rooster. More of a logo than a mascot. Yeah, I love that. I love that logo. I think that's a classic American logo. It really logo. is classic because it really didn't change that much. You know, they might have evolved. I it. think they made it pop more or something. And that's yeah, they might have yeah. changed the colors or made it a little, a little more graphic. But Raisin Brand's son, Chef Wendell from Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I never knew his name, so I learned his name during this research. Uh, Chip the Wolf, who was like a Cookie Crisp mascot at one time. Cookie yeah. Crook and Cookie Cop, who I grew up with. Quisp who was a cartoon character for a serial created by Jay Ward, who created Rocky and Bullwinkle, the great Jay Ward, and Quake, Quisp and Quake. And then, do you remember, this was, this was of the 90s, I think, Crazy Craving, the honeycombs. Yeah, yeah, You know? Where he was like, Meat he, he was honeycomb. insane. Yeah, yeah he, he, Crazy Craving yeah, was like, right. I never knew that was his name, his name, Crazy Craving. Wasn't he furry or something? He had like a, Yeah, he yeah. looked like a little furry ball, like monster. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And he was supposed to be like a physical representation of hunger, I guess. But you know what's really funny about the cereal mascot thing, Colin? I never really thought of this before. And I read a great article about this. There has never really been, with the with one really notable exception, a female cereal mascot. That's interesting. They're all male. There is one, though, you're saying? There is one. There was one in the 1950s alongside oh, okay. Tony the Tiger when cereal mascots was still a new thing. You know, really the only pre-existing ones at that point that were no, uh, you know, of note were Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Tony the Tiger came in the early 50s, and not too long after, Tony, that's Kellogg's, right, Frosted Flakes? I think so. They introduced a serial, uh, a female sort of companion for Tony called Katie Kangaroo. And she was really virtually the only, They she didn't last long, but that was the only time they tried to have a notable male and a female counterpart That's for advertising. Very interesting. No female serial mascots, with the exception of Katie Kangaroo. That's for the super interesting. None of the villains even are female. In fact, it, the cool. article went on to say it was very interesting. The article went on to say the only real females on the on the front of cereal boxes ever were like any female athletes that were used on Wheaties boxes. With the exception of that and Katie Kangaroo, which was really something that was really interesting to me i was like wow that is unbelievable That's super interesting it's i never crazy. thought about that it's crazy you know and the only other thing i would say about cereal you know two things about food related topics colin and i will do much more food related topics i mean we both love to eat we both love food and that'll be a you know that'll be a different thing you know a definite thing but you know in the future we'll do you know, different topics. We, you know, we're going to do a fast food topic. Definitely. We'll do a, you know, a maybe a backyard barbecue topic. But this is a great way to sort of, you know, kick it off with food related stuff. And I thought cereal, you know, cereal was a, um, you know, growing up Italian. We could do, we could do, you know, our favorite foods in general, or you know, our favorite specific styles of cuisine that we like. But this is a good way to well, kick this off is, the food thing. That's the know? beautiful part of the show is that we can split. Like I keep telling people when they vote on our topics because, as you know, if you support us on Patreon. 
at patreon.com slash Collins last stand amongst the perks you can get is the ability to vote on a topic we do. You submit your topic ideas and then everyone votes on your topic ideas and we do one of them right uh, every month. And uh, I keep telling people to think small, think really small. People are thinking way too big, way too broad. Yeah. And so this is. This is a great example of that. Yeah. One vertical of the, the food, you know, the childhood or the youth food eating experience. But I have one question for you before we go. Sure. Who did the sea captain on the box better? Okay. Captain Crunch or Shipwreck? Oh, who did? Oh, Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Especially because Jay Ward, the the late great Jay Ward of Rocky and Bullwinkle fame, animated a lot of the Ch- Captain Crunch commercials, I believe, in the 60s. So that was my favorite iteration of Captain, and some 14 year old Korean kid getting paid two dollars a day he was the one who animated shipwreck <laughs> so uh that is weird though with the G.I. Joe serial that they chose Duke who'd you say they chose gung-ho Duke, gung-ho okay so that's fine and then and shipwreck but like not roadblock I know not, there's like a button even if you don't want any of the Cobra like I can rattle off 10 especially coming out in 85 yeah you know Flint I'll Lady J cool Spirit Spirit would have been like there's a bunch of people you could like before fucking shipwreck, but this is what this is what I think. Yeah, shipwreck's more popular than we think he is. Okay, tell me. I but, mean, he's just. I mean, that's it. He's more popular than we think he. Is. Because he does uh, pr- play prominently in a bunch of shit. He was prominent in the PSAs on the cartoon. Yes. He uh, his action figure apparently was pretty popular. Yeah. They did make multiple versions of of shipwreck. They did. So I think that maybe he's just you know to me he looked a little fucking you know YMCA ish. Yes, uh, but so did Gung Ho, though. That's true. That that's a great point. But Gung Ho's cool. He's very cool. I love Roadblock. You're the one who instilled in me a love of Roadblock. Love I, Roadblock. I, I, I remember you loving Flint and Roadblock. Yes, and Rock and Roll. I think are like the three Joes you liked, right? Yeah, he was my one of my first. He was Rock and Roll was my first figure, so that he already had an you know automatic place in my heart. I mean, I love Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow and Firefly. I loved all the ninja looking mm-hmm. guys. But yeah, those are those are all favorites. Before they all started, all the Cobra started looking like ninjas by the time I was collecting. <laughs> like every Cobra looked like a ninja, which is like why they were so fascinating. Not a bad thing. No, not a bad not thing. Not a bad all. thing at all, my friend. Dig, that's all I have to say about Serial. I think you're done too. Yeah. Should we wrap up uh, with our closing segments? Absolutely. I mean, my only lament about Serial, I think it's time for a whole new crop of Serial mascots. I would appeal to the Serial industry. I could finally start my animation studio just based on this. You know, because what are kids growing up with now? They're grow- they're not growing up with, they're not going to have the same memories of growing up with the cereal and the cereal commercials. They deserve their own now. I think we, I think we wiped the slate clean. I think it's time. I think cereal mascots should be a thing again. I think, not, not that they're not a huge thing, not that they're not a thing, but they're not as huge as they should be. I, I think we return to purely animated content, 2D animated content to advertise cereals, whole new f- crop of fun new cereal mascots. And I think I'm your guy to do it. Kellogg's give me a call. Do it. You can even redesign. You can redesign that epic classic rooster. You can make him into a character. Make it into a proper character. Now a female rooster, which is there you go. Let's do it. It's going to be a female rooster anyway. Why are they not female? It's the weirdest thing. That is interesting. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know. That is weird. Isn't it? Because they're, you know, again, everyone knows I'm not one of these social justice people. I'm tired of it. Of course, there's a misogynistic drive in the undercurrent of our culture, especially back then. Right. Men are the ones that sell. Men are the ones that promote. Men are the you know, like that's not a huge surprise. Men are the ones that make buying decisions. They send their wives with their money to the supermarket to buy their son. You know, you can kind of understand through that lens, but it's amazing that it's gotten to this point. Yes, I can understand in the 80s or 90s there being no female just based on the way things work. I, I get that. 
That's, Even that, that late? That's not a huge surprise to me, I guess okay. is what I'm saying. All not right. a huge surprise. All right. But because a lot of these characters are legacy characters on legacy products. Like, what are you going to do? Are right. you some, Like, I feel like that there was a female leprechaun. Was it there? there? I don't know. I think there was. It may, I mean, it would make sense if you're going on with a you know, recurring character that you would introduce characters or different things for, to make it interesting for storylines and to evolve a brand a little bit. Right. Make it interesting. Make it, you know, make it different than the previous you know, iteration, but and Tony Tony the Tiger is I, I've heard I don't know if this is true, but Tony the Tiger identifies as a woman now. As is well. that right? Yeah, he's he's, trans, he's transgender. He's great. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> Actually, Dave, should we uh, please do the what are we what are we wrapping up this way? Well, Just I wanted jokes? to talk to you about this because I have two choices now. What do you think? Do I go in and try the other option for this round, and then maybe you could pick which one you like better? I don't know that what we've already that? we've already gone like I think we should save this for the next segment. Okay, all right. So let's keep that going way we with can, our that way we can put it at the top. We'll of, keep going with our nine. current thing. Yeah, I think that okay. makes sense. All right, sense. let's go there. Let's, yeah, do let's that. just end with a dad joke, if you don't mind. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, but we have this other thing. Do I know you or do I know oh, that's you? Right. Yeah. Right? So no, no, we already have an end swing. That's perfect. so. Let's so stick yeah, with let's do that. Okay. Stick with do I know you yes. or do I know you? Okay, I understand. So just to remind you guys, this is a you know I'm going to ask a pop culture question of Colin. And see, first, I'm going to guess what he's going to say. And you guys play along out there and guess what he's going to say as well. Colin's going to put some noise canceling. I'm quoting. I'm air quoting noise canceling headphones on. He's not going to listen to my guess. Then I'm going to tell him to take the headphones off. And I'll ask the question. I'll tell you guys what the question is. I'll tell you what Colin's answer. I think Colin's answer is going to be. And then I'll let him guess and see if I got it right. Perfect. Okay. And you guys play along at home. All right, Kyle, go ahead. Cover those ears up. Cover those ear holes, my friend. Okay, for this one, guys, I am going to ask Colin what the best cartoon character is that is a mammal and not human. A not human cartoon character could be a regular, it could be a, you know, a more realistic or an anthropomorphic cartoon character, but has to, you know, it can't be an amphibian, can't be a reptile, has to be a mammal and not human. What's the best cartoon character? Okay. I think I had to really think about this one. I think Colin's going to say he's going to say one of two things. He's going to say Simba from the Lion King or he's going to say Bugs Bunny. So I'll go Bugs Bunny. Okay, I'm going to say Bugs Bunny. Okay, Kyle, take the headphones off. You didn't hear what I had to say. No. Okay. All right. The audience knows what my my I'm not a cheater. You're not. You're not. You're not. Cheaters. Another great topic we could talk about. Oh, that might be a topic for us and PJ. I love that show. Oh my god, it was we were so obsessed. Good. PJ too. We were obsessed. Oh, with he's that the show. one who got me yeah. obsessed with it. I bought the first season on DVD. That's how much I loved it. Back What's in high the school. host's name? It was Joey Greco. Joey Greco. First, it was Tommy Grand, and then it was Joey Greco. It was the one you know. That's the guy that got like stabbed and thrown in the water. He got stabbed. Yeah. Oh my god, such <laughs> that a show is excellent. It's hard to know where the scripting starts and ends in that show, but it's like so good. Was there a script, dude? I. I don't think there was in the beginning. I think that there probably is now. That show's still on. It's still on? Yeah. And I knew exactly when it was on. This was before DVR. I knew, and I was in high school. I yeah. would watch it religiously. Oh, my God. Religiously. I it was that show. so good. The conclusion, the confrontation. And then we'll like go to the commercial. They'd be like, <laughs> after the commercial break, the conclusion. That's amazing. All right. So, Kyle. Yeah. Audience knows, our listeners know what I'm going to, what you know, what the answer is, what I think you're going to say. Now, follow along, Kyle. Best cartoon character. Your favorite cartoon character, but it has to be a non-human cartoon character, also a mammal. So no reptiles, no amphibians. Now, it could be a more realistic cartoon character, like in a feature film, TV, it doesn't matter. 
Or it could be an anthropomorphic character, but it just has to be a mammal of some kind, but not human. Wile E. Coyote. Okay. You're going Wile E. Coyote? Yeah. I was pretty close. I said Bugs Bunny. Because I knew you liked Bugs Bunny as a kid. I did. I did a little Bugs Bunny. You like Bugs but, Bunny. But you might remember that Wile E. Coyote and, and Roadrunner, were, were, that was my favorite Looney Tunes segment. I forgot that that Roadrunner was your favorite. Damn it. Uh, and I also thought you might say Simba, because I know how much you love The Lion King. But, oh, man. Okay, so... Yeah, I was close. You were. I, mean, I was in the Looney Tunes pantheon. You were. I, I think with a little more, if you just thought about it a little deeper, you would have remembered. Uh, but yeah, it's tough because Roadrunner might have been the answer, but you wanted a mammal. So Wile E. Coyote. I love Wile E. Coyote. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah I yeah. love Wile E. Coyote. And, but I love Roadrunner, too. I think I think their whole relationship and the whole, it doesn't make any sense what's going on in the cartoons. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome. And the few times that Wile E. Coyote kind of like almost wins is like so cool, like where he kind of gets them. That was really that was really the the carrot for watching that show. Similar to Tom and Jerry. You know, you wanted to watch that one time where it was gonna, you know, Tom or Wiley e. Coyote or whatever was gonna achieve victory, you know? It was so it was so clever. That model for a cartoon was so clever. Now is a Martian a mammal because Marvin the Martian would have been an interesting answer mm, as well. That's a great that's a great point. That's you were one of your favorites, but I didn't think I, about I, that. I always loved Marvin the Martian as well. He's great. Oh, he's hilarious. But yeah, Wiley Coyote immediately came to my mind when you said that. Okay. Yeah, you answered that really quick. All right. I have a lot of fond memories of watching that with you when I was when I was young. We watched a lot of Looney Tunes together, you yeah. and I. Yeah, definitely. Me too. I was. I love. I love. I mean, I, I. There's no one on on. There's really no character on Looney Tunes that I don't like. May, like maybe Porky Pig. What? That's right. He was the pig was on Looney Tunes, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. He might be the one that I'm like least fond of. Porky? I like like I like Foghorn, Leghorn and like Oh dad loves I that's know, dad's favorite. Yeah, he's awesome and like, he's his hilarious. whole cadence is amazing. Oh my god. So Daffy good. Duck is awesome and Daffy's great. Um Where do you stand on Elmer Fudd? Elmer Fudd's fine. Okay. A little weird, you know? Yeah. I also like uh Pepe Le Pew. Oh he's I love great. I don't know that you can make a Pepe Le Pew cartoon anymore no. because like it is like really He's pretty He's cringy. pretty much sexually assaulting this 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 female He's a over and over again. Yeah. Like trying to kiss her and hug her and like she's just desperate <laughs> to get away. It's sure. a little, it's a it's funny as hell. But I like how like old that is, you know? It's yeah. really cool. Oh, absolutely. What about Yosemite Sam? Where do you stand on that character? Yeah, he's cool. He's a, th- see, I don't know that I really need humans yeah. in this world. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Same thing with Elmer Fudd. Yeah. It's it's just like I don't I'm not as drawn to them as I am like with this fucking crazy crazy cast you. of characters. You know? I agree with you on that. And shout out, you know, in its own way, shout out to Tiny Toons because I really liked that show too when I was a kid. Yeah. It's really well done. Yes. And uh, as a Looney Tunes fan as a kid, it made a lot of sense to me. I don't know. It clearly made a lot of sense to a lot of people because it was very popular. But yeah. That connection really drove my love of that show as well. Yeah, absolutely. Tiny Toons was a really well done show. And again, I don't know if Tiny Toons is a topic on its own, possibly, but you have to talk about Tiny Toons at least in doing an Animadia- Animaniacs topic. Sure. Right? The, those WB cartoons that came in the late 80s, early 90s. Super important. Yeah, we when we do Animaniacs too, we might, you know, I'm friends with Rob Paulson, who's one of the voice actors. That's right. Um, and uh, we we bond over hockey because he's a huge hockey fan. He's always oh, in is the, he really? He's always in those like uh, celebrity hockey tournaments and stuff like that okay. that they do. And a huge Red Wings fan. And so maybe we can, he lives in the area. Maybe we can get him involved in that. As, as that would be amazing. Because he's all about the Animaniacs. I mean, oh, he does a lot of voices. Out. He does voices in Turtles today and all that kind of stuff. But sure. He they still tour and do like the Animaniacs live and stuff. Do like they that. really? Yeah. Like all the music and stuff. He's a major voice actor for a lot of things. Yeah. But yeah. the fact he was that in G.I. Joe. 
Was he really? Yeah. Who did he do? Do you know? I don't remember. Like, I talked to him a long time ago. He did, like... I have to look up his IMDb. He did someone. Yeah, he was in the original Turtles. Wow. Because I think he was Raphael he was. in the original Turtles. That's I think right. He's Donatello he now. He was. Yeah. Is he Donnie in the yeah. newer incarnations? So, like, he's been bouncing around. But I think he was, like... He was someone in G.I. Joe, like, some... Major. Like, Lifeline or something like that. You know, like, some That's random so character. Cool. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Gosh, he's been around a long time. Yeah. Those guys stay so young because of what they do yeah he's very young at heart you know? yeah yeah it's super all the cool. voice actors i know are very nice people you know and uh he's always been really really kind to me so wow that would be amazing to get him one of the few people that reached out to me when everything happened to me actually like that was like that's a famous person wow really yeah wow i that i didn't know yeah super cool yeah his name comes up a lot even in researching stuff even in researching you know we're gonna do a 90s Nick, nicktoons mm-hmm. topic he came up in that yeah he's probably voices and yeah and absolutely stuff. yeah he uh he's a very active Remains very active. He hasn't rested on his lawyers. He probably has a ton of money. And he does, and it's, you know, he yeah, still works. they make good money. But yeah. you know what? Those guys are so happy and satisfied with what they do. I think they really get joy out of it. And for some reason, a lot of those big voice actors, they're just so they're just so um, in touch with their community. They seem so grateful and they seem so engaged. Mm-hmm. They are. Which is yeah. really neat. They do the con circuit and all that. Yeah. So it's very, very cool. Super cool. Yeah. Super cool. All right. Dad joke. Let's do it. All right. This way. <laughs> all right. Let's see if I could do this one. Okay, Kyle, everyone knows that the zip code for Beverly Hills 90210, thanks to the show, but not as many people know the zip code to Dawson's Creek. It's 90108, for our lives to be over. (laughs) Yes. 90108. <laughs> oh my god i hated that friggin' show me too although uh, i had a thing for uh what's her name the, the brunette in it i can't remember her name oh uh the katie holmes character katie holmes, yeah right. she's she's she was very cute she yeah. still is and fucking what's his name pacey i mean i i knew him from mighty ducks oh that's right and now he's in that show that takes place on the long island uh called the affair on showtime i don't know it yeah pretty good show oh interesting it's, uh, it takes place on long island yeah oh interesting Shouts out to Montauk, James Vanderbeek. Yeah, James Vanderbeek. He's doing he's whatever something. he's doing. I think it's the girl, the blonde girl. That I don't know what she's up to. Yeah. Oh, wait. What about the girl with the... Was the main character the one with the wavy hair, the curly hair? Yeah, there was four of them. She's I don't... supposedly in episode nine. Oh, is she really? I believe so. Trailer just came out, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Today, today. as we're recording, so we're dating this hardcore. Now, we you know, are. It's Islanders game two today, and the Star Wars trailer came out today. So That's we can okay. figure out exactly when we recorded this. It's nostalgic. Yeah, it is. It's by the very time you listen. Yeah, it's exactly right. <laughs> the question is, does, this, does two things that being nostalgic, do they cancel each other out? Oh, wait a second. It's not math, I guess. That's, that's, that doesn't oh really make God, that's too into, that's too... That's too uh, meta for me. Well, Dagan, that was our breakfast cereal topic. Four hours we did on this one? Two plus hours. Wow. Yeah, not We're bad. Good. People like the long episodes. Not not bad. Well, it's not, not good either. <laughs> Which I think is the same thing, actually. I don't know. That's why we don't use double negatives. Dagan, appreciate your time. This podcast is part of a complete breakfast. It is. Go, You guys go have your complete 4,000 calorie breakfast now. <laughs> go into a fucking food coma for three days. Uh, appreciate you guys supporting us and listening to us. Remember, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand. Your support there is essential no matter what you give us at the lower level, at the higher level. You get a bunch of different perks, including early access to every episode of the show. So please do consider supporting us over there if you like what we do. If you listen to us on free feeds, you can be a freeloader. We love you, too. But do leave us nice reviews and tell your friends and family about the might, the majesty and the wonder of knockback. We'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Collins Last Stand Knockback is fan supported over at patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand. The following names are at the producer level or higher on Patreon, 
and I want to thank you from the very bottom of my heart for your incredible kindness and generosity. Carlos Algarit, Eric Alley, CJ Anderson, George Anthony Nunez, Morgan Ashley, Sean Battershaw, Martin Beck, Michael Betts, Eric Bishop, Mark Boggio, Eli Bosford, Barrett Boswell, Spencer Brand, Miguel Brewer, Lennon Brixey, Matthew Brousseau, Josh Bushing, Austin Bullock, Andrew Burkhart, Dylan Burns, Chris Buston, Alex Cabrera, Brian Cacciatolo, Will Caldwell, Patrick Harper, William O'Carroll, Ryan Caulfield, Brian Chan, Travis Chandler, Sean Chandler, David Chestnut, Simon Conception Jr., Brad Cooley, Geo Corsi, Cutter Crow, Nick Cummings, Daniel Diamore, Colin Davenport, Daniel Delanikos, Mitchell Durkash, Knight Draft, David Ellis, Martha Emery, Joe Finelli, Eric Finkenbeiner, Candler Four, Fodios Frangos, Michael Gallier, Chris Galvin, Connor Gassian, Alex Gates, Michael Gates, Salem Gotham Algonham, Toothless Gibbon, Daniel Glassford, Tyler Goodwin, Josh Gravelick, Miranda Grubba, Tyler Harris, Kyle Hagel, Wyatt Henry, Asa Haas, Azan Isa El Ricey, Josh Yeager, John Jameson, Joshua Jonathan, Greg Julefs, N.K., Jeremy Key, James Kinslow III, Ryan R. Kittredge, Jackson Lastiqua, Donald Laws, Joe Lawson, Don Q. Lee, Patrick Leslie, Dustin Lewis, Keith Adrian Lewis, Chad Lewis, Lou and Ray Loper, Elijah Lopez, Colin Love, Josh M., Ryan T. Mandel, Peter Mark, Michael Martinez, Sean Mason, Zachariah McAdoo, John McCarthy, Joe McPartland, Dennis Meinchin, Andrew Mendoza, Christopher Midling, Albert Miranda, Patrick Malloy, Betty Ann Moriarty, Abe Mukhtar, Ryan Murdoch, Brian Nietzsche, Adam Nix, Donnie Nolan, Brian Ott, Jorge Palomino, Todd Paxton, Brendan Peavy, Marius S. Peterson, Enrique Perez, Nicholas Perfect, James Perrone, Eric A. Peterson, Jason Pettit, Jeff Pollard, Louis Powell, Lawrence F. Prokop, Ryan Reeves, Michael Renner, Peter Reynolds, Shane Rayum, Jonathan Rice, Mark Richardson, Toby D. Riemenschneider, Petro Rose, A.G. Rowe, John Scholes, Chris Schaefer, Michael Shanholtz, Brandon Sharkey, Toby Schutman, Glennon Cole Simper, Joshua Smallwood, Andrew Smith, Daniel Strycharsk, John Temanillo, Ahmad Tamar, Joseph Thayer, Ben Thompson, Carl Tolman, Tam Tran, Alan Tremblay, Raymond Joshua Vargas, Michael Vecchio, Oakley Waldron, Justin Wagaman, Isaac Wastman, Damon Weathers, Mike Wayant, Corey Wyatt, Tony Zaniga, Hugo's Desk, Casual Misfits Gaming, Supershot ST, Throw 7, Infinite, Homeworld Hub, Mad Mock Media, Fabian, Mubarak, Richter 86, That Rescue Guy, Andrew, Ian, Chris, Donk 2015, and Gavin.